Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. This is episode number 35, with the host and founder of the 21 Convention and 21 Studios, the president of the Manosphere, Anthony Dream Johnson. This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance. How you doing, boys? Enjoying the event? Fuck yeah. Yeah, day four, guys. This is it. Your last day, and I really appreciate you coming out. You know, like you mentioned, getting it done this year, taking action, stepping up. Not just for the women, but for you guys, too. This year is, you know, the craziest year of my life by far at 32 years old. 2020 is just totally bananas. So before I begin my presentation here, the state of the manosphere, please give yourself a round of applause for being a fucking badass, getting a ticket, and getting in that seat in the middle of the pandemic. Plandemic, whatever. Thank you. Now, without further ado, welcome to the State of the Manosphere 2020. Before we dig into the actual presentation for today, I want to highlight my 2019 speech at the first ever 21 convention in Poland. We held that last year in the summer, back in July, Warsaw, Poland. Beautiful country, beautiful city, beautiful people. This speech is actually titled, or that speech was titled The Manosphere. It's now at a 21 University and YouTube on our channel, 21 Studios. And this is actually the screenshot of the thumbnail for it. It's a great speech that I gave, uh, very proud of it. And I think it's ever, well, to my knowledge, it's the first speech in history given on a public stage that presents an overview of the Manosphere, hence the title, The Manosphere. And I've never seen that done before, so I really wanted to put that together for the internet and the world to see what our community is really about versus the Wikipedia bullshit where they're attacking us and defaming us, calling us racist, male supremacist, Nazis, KKK, blah, blah, blah all the insane shit they label and they throw at uh, you know, friends of mine, speakers, like Paul Elam and Stefan Molyneux, guys that have spoken this event and that I've interviewed before on our channel. A lot of toxic garbage, Wikipedia, mainstream media, uh, The Atlantic, all that bullshit, right? This speech said it's straight, and it's straight from the heart, and you can go check it out for free you know, in 21 Studios. And I gave that speech not only as a speaker at the convention, obviously, and the one who built it, but as a young man and as a son of the Manosphere. I found the Manosphere at 17 years old, I was a, I just started my senior high school. I find the pickup artist community, that was my entry into the larger community. But I've been in this community building and participating in it and engaging literally my entire adult life, or technically, I guess, even before I was an adult at 17. I've been in this community engaging and participating in uh, different ways, including in very abrasive ways. My behavior today is not new, especially to Socrates, who's seen me since I was 17, engaging and pissing off all these older dudes. But I've been here my entire life doing it. And that's unique. And it's unique, I think, not just to me, but to fellow millennials in the Manosphere who found this community when it was still very young in the 2000s, early and mid-2000s, like I did. Although it did begin in the 1990s. Anyway, you can go check this one out on YouTube. We'll get a little more into it. But it's on YouTube, 21 Studios, 21 University. And it's a great overview of this community, a real overview from an insider and someone who really grew up with and inside this community. 
Though our culture lionizes leadership, being a leader is often a thankless job. Once you get dozens, hundreds, or even thousands of men working under you, it's literally impossible to be everything to everyone. Men have opinions, we have values, we have beliefs and aspirations that we want to see fulfilled in our own lives and in the organizations we belong to. But no organization can accomplish all of the goals of all of its men. It can only tackle the things it does using methods that are effective or not. And the man responsible for making those decisions of what an organization tackles and how is the leader. Yet every leader knows that even if he does the best job possible, some man, somewhere, will not get what he wants. Those are the limitations of reality. There's a problem, though. Amidst all of our understandable, I would have done it that ways, we miss something important. The thing got done. And it's all too easy to lose ourselves in the subjective what could have been and miss the incredibleness of what is. I say all this not from my few experiences of leadership, however small, but from my experiences as a follower. There have been times where I failed to recognize the finished product in favor of criticism. There have been times where I didn't get my needs or goals met. And there have been times where I've said, I would have done it that way, while missing that the thing got done. Which takes us back to leadership, because once we acknowledge the accomplishment of the thing, whatever it may be, we're forced to confront the reality that typically one man's primary efforts brought it into existence, and we have been blind to him and his sacrifices and elevated perspective in ways that are humbling to imagine. Some men stumble here and fall into debilitating self-comparison of, I am not that. Certainly, we've all been there at times. But in this humbled place also hides the roots of inspiration, for we can recognize greatness in ourselves as men and say, I could be that, and get up to keep walking. And men who follow that path long enough become leaders themselves. Which brings me to my guest this week. His name is Anthony Johnson, also known as Dream. Fifteen years ago, at age 18, he started what he intended to be something like a meetup group that became a conference, then a convention, then three conventions, some around the world, and now a summit. Along the way, he had the idea of filming the men who spoke at his events and releasing their talks free to the world on YouTube. With that one decision, he surfaced thousands of hours of information representing the work of men that had given their lives to exploring vital aspects of masculinity. He didn't hide the content behind a paywall, though he easily could have. He gave it away to the world for free, igniting men's communities, discussions, and even careers. He calls what he's built a watering hole. I think it's more like a fountain. And then I found it, or perhaps it found me. Now here we are, with millions of other men and now women around the world, year after year, online and off, rediscovering and renewing what's been lost from masculinity, femininity, and families. What a gift. In exchange for that gift, Anthony's taken something for himself, a tongue-in-cheek expression and reliable test of whether or not a man has a sense of humor, the title President of the Manosphere. I've always loved it. And modeling himself after his heroes Ayn Rand, Steve Jobs, and Donald Trump, I think it suits him and his brash, outspoken style. In our conversation, we discussed the difference between drama and conflict related to what's happening in the manosphere, following the debacle with YouTubers fresh and fit, and how it relates to masculine honor, both individually and collectively. 
how easy it is for people new to the Manosphere and the Renaissance to lose sight of how much history the men in it have together. Feminism and the three genders that women see, and how they're not what you might think. Anthony's achievements with 21, which I celebrate him listing because we can all get better at acknowledging our own accomplishments. And finally, a discussion of the philosophy of objectivism and how it explains why, despite Anthony's atheist beliefs, he gets along with Christians just fine. I've got to say, this is one of my favorite conversations so far. We touched on many topics I didn't think we'd get to and arrived in places I didn't expect. And it's my hope in listening to it that you'll get a perspective on the manosphere, on leadership, and on what it truly takes for a man to build and defend something of enduring value. It might not be how I would have done it, but like I said, the thing got done. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, the host and founder of the 21 Convention and 21 Studios, the president of the Manosphere, Anthony Dream Johnson. President, sir, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yes, sir. Glad to be here, man. Really excited. Looking forward to it. You know, I've uh, been looking forward to talking to you because um, a lot of my listeners, and we spoke about this beforehand, but a lot of my listeners, they're sort of in the suburbs of the Manosphere. So, you know, they follow a bit on Instagram, maybe some accounts on YouTube, but you're more downtown manosphere in the center and the heart of things. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But a lot of the a lot of the guys here, and I just want to jump right into it, they hear a lot about the conflict or the drama that's going on, but they don't really have the time to follow it. And you and I have had the chance to talk about it at mm-hmm. length about some of these, some of these situations. And I just wanted to get right into it because there's been another thing that happened with this group, uh, Fresh and Fit. And, yep. uh, you know, from, from someone looking, looking in uh, from the suburbs or from the outside, it just looks like chaos. But there's actually something really important that's going on right now in the yep. mass here. And so I just want to jump in and start talking with you about that because you know better than almost anyone sort of what's going on and can probably share Thanks. it in a way that uh, I can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like a lot of, uh, like the term you created too, the suburbs of the manosphere. Um, it reminds <laughs> me of uh, the term manosphere that some of my opponents or detractors made back in 2019. When I declare myself the president. Yeah, I love it though. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, on, my, um, on my presidential uh, official Twitter account for the Dream Administration, I think the location is <laughs> actually set to manosphere. <laughs> which I love these people these people try to insult me and attack me and I'm like dude that's like genius like give me that you know give me that toy mine mine (laughs) like you you said I live in I live in the downtown manosphere no 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 no. I live in the manosphere white house you've been here yourself that's true it's the it's the castle of dream world that's true I call my bedroom dreamland when I you know bring chicks into (laughs) it and shit yes so we got the dream the dream library behind you that's right. Now, as far as the, the drama of the manosphere, um, now you do, obviously, this is not intentional on your part, but in my view, strongly, firmly, uh, this is, a, first of all, a battle of 
PR and propaganda of words. Mm -hmm. So the average guy in the manosphere, particularly in the suburbs, guys who are more, like you're saying, the more distant, uh, they follow a few accounts and they have an interest in the manosphere, but they're not like, they're not like, I'm a manosphere citizen. Let me go fucking do, do <laughs> send everything, every dollar that I make in my job to different accounts that I support, right? Or whatever. Right. They're not living and breathing manosphere like I do and have for 15 to 16 years now mm -hmm. every day. You're heavily involved too, obviously with your podcasts and the different projects you work on and the way you live your life. Yep, very much. But what I do want to say though is that when they call it the drama of the manosphere, while the events and the conflicts are often dramatic, that much I can understand, when they use the word drama, they're using it in a very specific way. These mm -hmm. are typically guys who are trying to uh, like the old saying, throw the baby out with the bathwater, they're delegitimizing all conflict in the manosphere, all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Or 99% of it, but basically all of it. So this is false though, because some conflict is legitimate and some conflict is false and stupid and ridiculous drama. You know, if girls in high school are fighting over, you know, the high school quarterback, that's a stupid high school kid drama that doesn't really matter. Maybe yeah. it'll make for a funny movie or something, but that's that's about as far it's going to go in life for being serious and it's not but in real life and out in the real world so to speak out you know in, in adult world some conflict is real and some is just false stupid bullshit left over from high school you know mm -hmm. it's just kind of the same immaturity playing out so in the manosphere there's a lot of real conflict and most of it is not stupid drama most of it's i would say 80 20 80 of what you see is actually very real and important and 20 percent is just minor trivial bullshit uh, so the fresh and fit thing, for example, is a very real conflict. And mm -hmm. that is actually, to my great amusement and pleasure and surprise and endorsement, uh, the public has, has figured that out. Because these guys basically fucked up so bad. They were such massive frauds and they got busted so hard and so fast by a much bigger online community on YouTube. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, the Manosphere is heavily based these days on YouTube. But the YouTube community, in terms of YouTubers and personalities and communities, is much bigger than the Manosphere, mm -hmm. right? It's just one community among many. And these guys came down hard on Fresh and Fit. And it was big enough, like O'Shea Duke Jackson, the leader of the Black Manosphere, pointed out, uh, he thinks that that was necessary. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but that's his position and that's fun. But yeah, anyway, these guys, Alba and Preach, came down so hard, they brought a tidal wave of support to crush these fucking losers. Uh, like, you know, this is your king. And they, like I made the image of him holding up, uh, you know, the one guy's head. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, typical manosphere style. Yep, they are they are our outside champions. You know, they're allies now, helping us defeat these loser frauds. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that that's been a big red pill moment for the manosphere because I view the manosphere, unfortunately, is a very very blue pill, and I, mm -hmm. I mean that not in the sense of necessarily uh, the ideas that we have about intersexual dynamics, male female relationships. Basically, uh, some of that's red pill, some of that you know maybe is not. But what I mean is. Uh, Let's get into this. You know, if you look at the 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 Matrix trilogy, ironically, the fourth trailer came out today as we're mm -hmm. recording this. But mm -hmm. in the Matrix trilogy, you have the red pill that Neo takes, right? And then he wakes up to allegedly the real world. And while it is the real physical world that he wakes up to, he finds on later in the second and third movie, which the Manosphere seems to kind of throw out and not really look at for any kind of inspiration or uh, you know any kind of analogies. It's still, I think, very useful. The second and third movie. So in the second movie, he finds out that he's in like the sixth or seventh iteration of the Matrix. Mm -hmm. And the resistance that he's fighting for is not, it's basically a, what do they call it? It's controlled opposition. It's there mm -hmm. for the people who reject the Matrix, who do wake up to reality, but they're still not really fighting a real war. They lost that war a long time ago. 
So these mm-hmm. freedom fighters are all being, they're just puppets and they get slaughtered every hundred years or whatever, 150 years or something. And Neo plays a role to this. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is there's a lot from that, like the red pill that these guys took wasn't really the red pill. And these guys get the red pill from these different frauds and stuff. And it's like, a lot of that is this negative energy about women, you know, true or false. Mm-hmm. And you, they don't realize that they're being fed lies from these frauds. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the blue pill, the blue pill is just a lie. It's a lot of lies, right? We call them feminist lies, blue pill lies, all that. It's false reality. It's fake. And if you're getting your, you know, allegedly red pill information from people who are definitively factual frauds in real life that have intent to harm you and feed you bullshit about their personal lives and whatever, to increase authority and increase credibility and get more money out of you by through false advertising and scamming you, you're still blue pill. You're being fed blue pills mm-hmm. in a red pill coating and red pill paint. A blue pill is a blue pill. It doesn't matter what color it is on the outside. It matters what color the pill is on the inside. And the manosphere in this sense, like I'm saying, is very, very blue pill. But the fake and fraud fiasco, as I call it, the fake and fraud disaster. That's so great was so big that a lot of guys are actually waking up to like, holy shit, there's, there's a lot of fraud going on in this community. There's a lot of losers who are pretending to be these red pill alpha males. Just like I asked Cobra Tate in my interview with him down in Miami when he was doing his workshop or his boot camp down there. I asked him, uh, you know, what do you think about these, these red pill alpha males that bang old fat women and claim that, and claim that they just bang stunners? And in reality, we've proven that a lot of them bang old fat women and that they're, they're red. It's like, this is, it's just fucking delusional. Mm-hmm. It's clown. The manosphere still has a lot of clown world in it, basically. Yeah. And when you peel back the layers of these internet personalities that hide behind a computer screen, uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really disgusting, disturbing facts there. And I've been working tooth and nail myself for years in what a lot of guys call the manosphere civil war since 2019 when it went hot. Before <laughs> that, it was a cold war, which people don't realize. They thought everything was hunky dory. And it's like, man, you have no idea. Like, there's a really, there's a lot of weirdos in this community with personality disorders and sociopaths and God complexes and all, messiah complexes and all kinds of crap. Kind of on a rant now, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a real fight, man, in this community for, for the truth and for the red pill. And a lot of guys who claim the red pill are just passing out blue pill bullshit to make money. And that's all they care about. They don't give a shit about the issues. They don't care about the men. They don't care about the manosphere. They don't care about feminism. They don't care about the red pill. None of it. It's all branding and marketing and bullshit. And I'm like you, like one of the few guys fighting for what's true and what's right. And I get hell for it. You know, back in 2019, I spent over $100,000 cash, not opportunity cost, cash, mm-hmm. kicking Rolla Tomasi out of my life, out of my companies, out of the, the company we shared as well, the mm-hmm. Redman Group LLC, and the 21 Convention and all that, to fight for what's right. And, you know, if I was just in it for the money, I wouldn't do that. People who have a spine and spend a huge a six figures in money to do the right thing, they don't yeah. do this for fucking uh, for fun. It's painful to spend that much money on, on you know, kicking out a fraud. But yeah. that's what it costs to excise that tumor, that cancerous hypergamy tumor from <laughs> my life and then exiled him from the manosphere, you know, soon after that. Well, you touched on something really important, oh, a couple, a bunch of really important things. But first is the nuance of difference between drama versus necessary conflict. And that's yeah. a really important line to draw. It's like what we're talking about is it, this conflict is meaningful. And what it comes down to in the second thing you said is, do these people actually care about men? Why are you here? Yep. Yep. Why are you doing this? Are you do are you do you have your YouTube channel? Do you have your say Twitter account? Or are you a content creator because you're chasing clout? Are you chasing money? Are you chasing mm-hmm. validation? You know, do you hide behind a screen with some sort of avatar that's not you? 
Or are you doing what you're doing because you actually care about men, because you care about society, because you care about families, because you want to move civilization forward? And, yeah. uh, you know, I, that's a big dividing line. And that shows up, you know, I don't, I don't have any content on YouTube. I, I have a lot of content on Instagram and that shows up on Instagram for sure, where there's a, there's some really cool stuff happening there, but there's definitely a lot of clout chasing. But when you start getting yeah. into video production, events production and stuff like that, you take stuff into the real world. It's really important to make sure that the guys who are doing this aren't just doing it for cash or aren't just doing it for a claim or aren't just doing it for, for themselves or to get laid or whatever, that they're actually doing it for the right reasons. Because or to, nurse, very- to nurse their own traumas and stuff. Like a lot exactly. of it, there's, there's a whole multitude of, of stupid fucking reasons people do this. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it is money. Some of it is, you know, whatever, clout chasing and stuff. But some of it is really just like unresolved childhood trauma, CPTSD, complex post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder playing itself out in guys in their 40s and 50s that never healed. These guys yeah. are raised by single moms and shit. Um, you know, you understand, you know, you know about all these statistics on this. That plays mm-hmm. out in the manosphere. A lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that are grifters and frauds and losers and con artists, they're really just playing out trauma that never, that they should have healed and that they could have. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of guys, you know, Rolo's a perfect example, man. That guy's super fucked up in the head in, in a thousand different ways. And he didn't have to be that way. And, but he is. And if, if he had healed earlier in his life in his 20s and 30s, I think you would see the role of Tomasi that people think that he is and, and that they want him to be so desperately. They want this like super powerful intellectual and you know, all this stuff, like a Jordan Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. They want that. And Rolo tries to play that role for them, but he's not that guy. He's a huge fraud and a keyboard jockey. And mm-hmm. he's sick and twisted in the head and all kinds of fucked up weird messiah complex shit. And he spends most of his life just, just you know, basically fostering codependency in guys and building up this little army of weirdos to to do his bidding and sell his books. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really that fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I called this years ago. And a lot of people were like, "Man, you're you're jumping, you know, to conclusions, you're exaggerating." I'm like, "Nope." And mm-hmm. every year that goes by, he gets crazier and weirder as he goes through this midlife crisis in his 50s of talking about getting laid even in, you know, all this shit with women. And he hasn't had a sane my license like the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Like since Independence Day came out in theaters. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he's the last time. <laughs> well, he's a married man with a with a daughter, and, and for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, but yeah, why does he talk? But why does he talk to right. twenty three year olds all day long about getting laid when he hasn't gotten had an SNL himself? Unless he's cheating on his wife, you know, mm-hmm. in, in thirty fucking years, like it's crazy, man. Or mm-hmm. 20, 25 years, whatever the fuck it is. And that's yeah, the it's like that- it, he hangs out with little with these teenagers basically all day long on the internet, and they look up to him like a father figure. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shut up for a minute, but no, no. I mean, and that's the that's the really that's the really important thing. You know that 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 this come that this can can come down to, and I I discuss this in other forums as well. Is that, you know, are you willing to put your real face and your real name on the line? Like there's yep. there's a, obviously there's advantages that come with anonymity. I, I debate this with guys all the time. They mm-hmm. say I don't want to affect my family or my friends or whatever. And it's like okay, so the problem with anonymity is that uh, whether you whether you hide your face or hide your name or both, is that. It allows your ego to write checks your body can't cash. Yeah. And then eventually someone's going to potentially find out who you are and then the bill's going to come due and you'll be overdrawn on your account versus making the hard decision like like you, like me, like Jack Donovan, like Tanner Guzzi, like all the yeah. guys you talk at 21. It's like we all show up, we put our face in our name and maybe that means we can't just pop off and say all the things that we want to say in the moment that we're feeling. But you know what? It means that we actually get to make measurable progress together and and stay, for lack of a better word, conservative with our approach, but establish defensible positions to make an impact culturally. But yep. as long as you're hiding behind anonymity, 
Yep. You kind of have this blank check in a way. And I, I just, I don't think that ultimately serves men. I don't think it, it, it forces them into a position of congruence because yeah. if it is your face and your name, then you have to be, then you have to be congruent. But as long as you're hiding, you can be whoever you want to be behind a screen. Right. And I think the time is coming where we have to kind of put that aside if we really want to make progress. That's right. The world and men in particular are starving for not only congruence, but authenticity. Yep. Which I think is a separate but definitely related concept to congruency. And that's what's happening with these frauds and fakes like the Sharp Mama, Donovan Sharp, like the Fraud <laughs> Father, like Fake and Fraud, all these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. It's even worse. It's it's the Coopers and the Ryan Stones and the Troy Francis's and all these people. They're all losers. And mm-hmm. the more time that goes by and the more these layers of internet bullshit get peeled back, the more you see into their private lives through whatever mechanism, right? Getting exposed, uh, getting, you know, talking too much shit, it checks that they can't cash, like the freaking mm-hmm. fraud, right? I'm going to box you. I'm going to fight you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, right. it, it's, it's pathetic. Like, I challenged both of them on the Redman group like two weeks ago to a boxing match at the same time. Number one, they'll never, they'll never do it. Number two, if they do do it, I'll be happy to fight them because they're both pussies. That's why they, that's why they cucked so fast instantly when they, mm-hmm. when they were, when a fight was, a challenge was accepted because mm-hmm. it was, it was all bullshit, right? Not just the fight stuff. Both of them are made of 100% grade A, organic, homogenized, pasteurized bullshit. All of it. They've always been full of shit. For just sure. like Rolo, just like all these guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's different well, per guy. Like they're not all identical frauds. That's something I think men need to understand in the manosphere too, is each fraud is going to be a little bit different, like a thumbprint, mm-hmm. right? It might be led by a certain guy like the fraud father and whatnot, but each one is going to have different... Uh, different mechanisms and different life paths that got them to be this con artist fraud. For example, Donovan Shart, he really, him and his uh, wife, they're, they're, uh, they're like a, a tag team uh, con artist thing going on. She's mm-hmm. super involved in the business. Rolo's wife is not involved in the business. And mm-hmm. I've told guys in the Black Pill community to leave his family alone because they're not involved with what Rolo does. It's very much just him. Mm-hmm. And people need to respect that, that the fraud is on him and not on his family. With Donovan Shart and his sharty wife, Miss Piggy, She's super in on it. She runs the social media. She pretends to be him on their social media accounts, giving advice to guys, pretending to be Donovan. Right. She makes all the artwork where she photoshops herself and how she's fat and all this stuff. And like, it's sick. I mean, it's really, it's, uh, is it, what is the old Bonnie and Clyde or mm-hmm. no, whatever, whatever con artist tag team of, of man and wife you can think of, or mama's boy and wife in this case. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's sick. And that, that's a unique thing, right? That's different than fresh and fit. Or two young men doing uh, doing that in Miami together as their own tag team thing, but they're not married, mm-hmm. obviously, and they're not gay or anything that I know of. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Myron, my heard is pretty bi. I wouldn't be well, surprised. They were, <laughs> well, they were they were ta- they had would have women on their podcast, their video podcast, and they would what make the women sleep with them to appear on camera or something like that. My, Myron, be- I don't know if the the fat the Goomba one. I call the other one the Goomba now. <laughs> The fat one. He looks like a Goomba. Look at his face. He looks exactly I don't know which like a Goomba. I don't know which one's which, honestly. It's a fake CEO, fresh CEO, Walter fresh Weeks. CEO. Okay. Yeah, he looks like a Goomba. Look it up, man. I posted it the other day. People are going crazy. Oh, but, I did um, see that. <laughs> I see. But Go. it's the uh, it's the tall one, the flamingo, Myron Nogames, Ar- Amru Fraudel, or whatever his name is. Yeah. He he's the one who's the Harvey Weinstein of the Manosphere, the Harvey Weinstein of Miami. Okay. That he's was the, the one guy. who's been who's been weaponizing his business to uh basically to bang to bang women. Yeah. And this is not only unethical, it's like it's it's unreal how stupid that is. Like mm-hmm. that's as dumb to do at any point in, in American history. 
But to do that right now in the age we live in is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like it's a total, it's a brazen lack of common sense. Yep. Like, yep. hey, you, you can't come on my podcast unless you suck my dick. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me, bro. Like, what the fuck? In imagine DMs. if I, imagine if I, yeah, and in writing too, man. In writing, like, bro, how fucking <laughs> dumb do you got to be? Yeah, this that's is how bad people it is. take people take advice from this dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine if I was telling chicks, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say names, but there are certain female speakers we have at 21. Yeah. Imagine if I was like, hey, female speaker, you can't, or 22 convention, obviously, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can't speak at 22 convention unless you suck my dick. And I put that in writing. Can you fucking <laughs> imagine the field day that my enemies would have? <laughs> it's insane. This, this is so retarded. Like, how did this even happen? Yeah. But this, this is the people that get co-signed and endorsed yep. and collabed with by the fraud father, Rolo Tomasi, uh, mm-hmm. the sharp mama, Donna Mishart. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of other guys, even some guys I like, have been on that show, and I'm like, dude, you need to stay away from them. The cancer, the cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't listen until it hits them, a, a big dick of reality hits them in the face. You know, mm-hmm. like fake well, and fraud disaster. Well, that's the that's the thing that's why I wanted to have this conversation is because the degree of what you know of what Fresh and Fit were doing, you know, the lies that they were telling, the yep. game that they were running, the the, yep. the messages that they were sending to women. These guys are rising stars on YouTube. I never watched any of their content except for one clip. I think where Kevin Samuels was on there, but I yeah. was really watching yep. for him. But yep. you know, these guys were rising stars of the quote unquote manosphere. And so mm-hmm. there are a lot of guys that are doing really good, really important work. And yep. for people who don't know what the manosphere is, and then they hear about fresh and fit, yeah. and we all get painted and colored with that brush. When yep. there are guys that are doing real work and putting their lives and livelihoods and reputations on the line to lift up other men and make meaningful progress in society. And so then these guys come along and they somehow figure out some formula you know, yep. to make you know, rapid forward progress, at least in terms of numbers, but behind the scenes, they're shady as fuck. Like yep. those guys need to be, you know, they need to be ushered out well, of the manosphere dramatically, right? For sure. They need to be exiled. And I might, I might yeah. get around to doing that. I did that with Rolo. Rolo's the only guy I've ever done that to. Because mm-hmm. Rolo wasn't just a fraud. Rolo committed crimes against the manosphere, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean that. Yeah, for I sure. Realize that no, sounds I know. dramatic, but he he doxed he doxed over 50 guys in real life, their location yep. to a feminist reporter at the New York Times, and he covered it up for eight months. Yeah. He he had every opportunity to come clean, to apologize immediately, the next day, the next week, the next month. None of that. He lied to yeah. me, to my face. He lied to all of our speakers. A lot of these guys' favorite guys who are very legitimate people. Uh, I've gone through that in my Truth About Rolo Tomasi documentary. And uh, yeah, he didn't come clean until he got busted. Mm-hmm. And uh, we caught him red-handed. And then he still like, didn't, you know, double down on it like a typical SJW. Rolo's mm-hmm. basically an SJW in hiding. He's an SJW. That's why I put the pink hat on him in some of the fraud father things. <laughs> He's basically like, he's, he's one step shy of a feminist, even though feminists battle with him and he attacks them. Uh, he's much more closely aligned with them in his worldview than people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Rolo, for example, was a, was a, he wasn't a Hillary voter. He did vote against Hillary. He's publicly stated that and I believe him. But he also cited his reasons why he voted against Hillary. That's why he voted for Trump back in 2016. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's actually a Bernie bro. He's a Bernie supporter. Mm-hmm. And he voted for Obama both years in 08 and 2012. Well, so did I, but I mean, I, I didn't know better at the time. Yeah, but Rolo hides this from his audience. That's the thing. Oh, you're, I you'll, see. you'll very nonchalantly say this because you this you live a congruent life. Rolo mm. has a huge following of Trump supporters. He doesn't want them to really know about this stuff. Who do you think he oh, voted okay. for in 2020? He voted for Biden, I guarantee you. Right? Oh, that would be. But, he, but, but if he tells his audience that, right, or they figured this out, or they figure out he's a closet you know, socialist, they don't want to mm-hmm. hear this from the fraud father. They mm-hmm. want hypergamy and the red pill and whatever else is nurses their insecurities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it comes down to an issue of it comes down to an issue of congruency, mm-hmm. you know. And this is this is what's really going to be really important for men going forward. Let's just say from this point to the next six months, year. Who and we'll get into the whole you know socio political situation yeah. in a minute. But for men to be very careful about who they follow, you yeah. know, in terms of in terms of this world, be careful who you're listening to. Vet them. Really listen yeah. to their listen to their content because, as you say you describe a dynamic with Rollo and his audience, which I haven't personally seen, but I've heard about where it's like, there's a real, you know, it's not really a cult in that way, but like there's a real kind of cult leader kind of thing. There's a real yeah. uh, ideal idealization. There's a real ego projection thing oh, yeah. kind of going on. These and guys are their, rabid. They're rabid, man. They will come after you. Like you wouldn't believe these guys. They, they will protect yeah. him like a literal father. Like they will absolutely mm-hmm. come after you. Right. They haven't yeah. even met him. They don't even know him. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in real life. He's pretty weird. And uh, mm-hmm. these guys think he's some suave, you know, master player with women. It's like, man, you have this is the exact opposite of reality. You have an old, aging, bo- pseudo boomer, almost a boomer, uh, midlife crisis weirdo who still lives in his twenties and dresses like he's in his twenties. He dresses like it's the early nineties. It's like, man, you got to move on, dude. Got to mm-hmm. move on, man. Got to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where congruence comes in. Is is you yeah. got to recognize, you know, we all get caught up in our own in our own stuff. But that's why you know men have brothers is to help each other move past that. Like, hey, you're a little caught up in something and help them move. But once you start getting into the yeah. world of ego projection and sort of yeah. you know, being an icon and some sort of leader, yep. it's really easy to lose yourself in that world. Yeah. And that becomes that becomes very, very dangerous. I'll, so, I'll say this. I want to say this too, though. You mentioned it's not a cult. I mostly agree with you. It's not literally a cult. Sure. Like they're not they're not literally out at a at a park drinking Kool-Aid, they're gonna die or anything. It's not it's not quite at the level of Scientology or religion <laughs> or, or scientism. Science, whatever, yeah, scientism. Yeah. But it is a I would say it's a neo cult. It's a new a it's a a very modern uh cult. I'm trying to find the word for it. It's like a digital cult almost. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one step shy of a real cult, but in many ways it does function like a cult. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's 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 uh like you mentioned the suburbs of the manosphere. It's a suburb of a cult. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's a, quite at that level. It's not quite that dangerous, but it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And it operates through modern technology, through your phone and your computer and podcasts and shit like that. These mm-hmm. guys are really sucked into a whole world that he crafts for them. And mm-hmm. he specifically and he does this knowingly and on purpose. He fought he hunts down guys who are codependent, super broken, super damaged. This has been analyzed by guys like Pat Stedman and other people that look at what Rolo does. And in many ways, Rolo's, you know, openly talks about this, right? He saves lives. Mm-hmm. No, he he hunts down guys who are super fucked up and codependent. And he then fosters that codependency more. He 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 takes them out of, you know, the feminist matrix and puts them in his own matrix of the Rolo pill and mm-hmm. calls it the red pill to sell it. And it's it's sick, man, how he does it. I'm gonna do a whole exposure on it at some point. Mm-hmm. Map out the whole fraudulent network of the syndicate of these fucking losers, mm-hmm. which are led by him. It's the it's not even part of the manosphere. It's the rollosphere is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Well, the term that's coming to mind for me is cult of personality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I yeah. think and this gets back to the point of you know the men that that you follow. Meaning, speaking to the listeners, the men that you follow in this world, you know, are they cults of personality? Are they serving themselves? Like, I, and this isn't to say that you know men who are content creators shouldn't make money. Like, I'm all for monetization. Like, obviously, yeah. like you know, we want to be able to do this you know, full-time, whatever it is, whatever we're into. But there's a real fine line that gets crossed once a guy shifts from being in it for, say, men, for the movement, for society, or for some, for some larger ideals to starting to be in it for 
their own personal interests, their own their own gain. And then ultimately mm-hmm. it crosses an even deeper line when it's like, is this person medicating some sort of deeper wound with this? Yes. And men get trapped in there. And you know, we've talked about, you know, fresh and fit, you know, became quite prestigious and used that to manipulate women. And it's like there's some that's a that's a wound, right? That's you know, on, yeah. on some there's a lot of things going on there, but that's one of the things. And you're talking about, you know, um, men getting trapped in a cult of personality with Rollo. Like that's just a whole bunch of wounds kind of merging yep. together and, and thinking like a hive mind. And yep. what you're talking about with with Donovan and his wife, you know, well, you you played me that video of Donovan saying, uh, "I'll knock a woman's teeth back into her throat." Like you yeah. pay that, you like that's insane. That's that's yep. crazy. Like that's yep. instant unfollow block. I never followed any of his content, but like for if if I had instant yep. unfollow block, and that's the thing is like men got to be real careful. Like who are you following? What are they about? What are they What yep. are they really about? Before you give over your allegiance or at least your money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with Donovan, yeah, that's right. He was uh, not, I wish I had known that when I made my documentary, part one on mm-hmm. him, the three hour documentary, but we found these videos later that were just insane. Yeah. I mean, he, he's on video repeatedly, not just some, not just some random one time thing, repeatedly yeah. talking about beating women for disrespect. Yep. I've seen and it. It's like, how could, yeah, it's right there. Like it's <laughs> brazen. Yeah. It, it's, it, he is the master. See, it's how I was saying the frauds are different. Rolo is way more clever than Donovan. Donovan's like dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and not only is he dumb, he's probably even dumber than fake and fraud, the fresh and fit people. Mm-hmm. He is the master, as Socrates has said, of putting his dick in his mouth or his foot in his mouth. Like I, it's, I have never seen anyone on the internet that you can clip this way where they talk about this stuff. You know, not, it's not just beating women. That's like the, the most egregious of it. But it's also sure. like insulting fat women. And then his wife is fat. And mm-hmm. then he hides it. And then mm-hmm. we bust him. And then he calls her a nine or better and a hard nine, right? And all this, and then she's like a two. And it's, she looks like a Ninja Turtle. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. It, it, is, it is so fucked up. That's why I asked, when I asked Kerber Tate, I, I asked him to his face. I was like, do you fuck any old fat women? And he's like, no, I don't fucking. Like, but I, you have to ask these because he's not a sure. dating coach per se, but he's a dating expert. He has sure. a coach, the PhD program on, on you know, engaging with women. In very specific ways, it's the pimping hose degree. Yeah, but I this is something that you need to ask all these coaches and allegedly red pill experts. It's like, do you fuck old fat women? Because this is something that some of these guys actually do, and then lie about it. It would mm-hmm. be bad enough if they did it, but then at least you could argue like, well, he loves her or something. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, man, you you did it, and then you covered it up for years, mm-hmm. and then you got busted, and then you said it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like. These people yeah. are committed con artists to the bone, some of them. Well, if you're if you're a dating coach and you're coaching men to achieve a certain set of goals with the kind of women that they, they sleep with, and you're saying, and you're holding yourself up as something that you actually aren't, like that's problem number one. And then yeah. problem number two is when you're confronted about it or you try and hide it, yep. that's problem number two. And then problem three is, this, you know, it's the cover up. And then you get the, yep. the cover gets blown. It's like, this this is this is the nuanced difference between conflict and drama. It's like no, these frauds need to be exposed. They must yeah. be exposed, if only um, not for not for the good of all the men who are doing this work, but if only for the good of their followers. Like, look yeah. who you're giving your money to. You know, what's through- amazing is that you, they still. You know, Donovan got hit pretty hard, and uh, you know he lost a lot of fans and shit. His Patreon, for example, went from like 1,100 followers on Patreon to 800. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge drop. I mean, that kind of shit's supposed to basically just go up over time, yeah. right? Slowly yeah. go up over time. Every month, you gain so many people. 
just like YouTube and podcasts. You know, it's all like that. Yep. For that to drop, that's a tank. Yep. And his YouTube also has tanked a lot and shit. And now he hides it and all this. Mm-hmm. But even even considering that, people still follow him. They st- they they kn- they know for a fact that he has lied to them for years, and they still follow him. And some mm-hmm. of them are just hate follows, and that's fine. But there's still people who are like, well, I like what he says. I don't care that he lied to me. It's like, man, you are you are really naive and gullible dumb fuck. Like, you're, there's something fundamentally wrong with you that you can't see the egregious nature of someone lying to your face mm-hmm. more fun- functionally for years to get money out of you. Right. This is a this is a big problem. If mm-hmm. anyone lies to your face, that is is a a business uh, enterprise of some sort. You should never do commerce with them again. You should never buy anything with them again. Right. You can't trust any of it ever, ever again. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. if a girl cheats on you. Like if you're married or have a girlfriend and she sucks another man's penis, you should never trust her again. Period. Ever. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's stupid to. You know, right. one time, one out of a hundred relationships will recover from that, and that outlier proves the rule that you can't recover from that. The trust is never repaired. Period. Right. The dick went in your mouth. Wasn't my dick. Done. Like that's how that fucking works. But these this, these guys basically got cheated on by their yeah. whether it's fake and fraud or the fraud father or the sharp mama. They got cheated on by their by their favorite cult of personality, yeah. and they don't care. It's no different than if they had a girlfriend who sucked another man's dick, and they're like, well. I saw her sucking on the men's dick, but then I asked her about it and she said she didn't. And so that's okay. It, or whatever, right? right like yeah, she, for sure. but she apologized, right? Yeah. It's like, man, it doesn't matter, bro. Like she, it's all bullshit. It's like the mm-hmm. faking, the faking fraud apology. They apologized mm-hmm. on their community tab, this big apology for like a day. Then they deleted it after they apologized. It's like, it doesn't matter. Whoa. Oh yeah. You didn't see that? Oh, I've been no, preaching. No. Yeah, they, they screenshotted that shit. Yeah. Oh my God. I think it was on the, that? Yeah, I think and it was on their Instagram too. They oh, deleted man. that, you know. But the, the apology is all they've then uh, they deleted it, and then later they did videos where they apologized on video and stuff. It's like that doesn't people now go in my comments like, oh, they apologized to Abba and preach and whatever. I'm like, I don't fucking that's, care. That's it's not all the bullshit. Point. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's PR, it's PR bullshit. It's what. Right. It's if it's if a politician gets busted and he wants to save his ass, what does he do? And if he can, if he has to, if he's forced to, he'll apologize to try to save his own skin. Mm-hmm. It's all bullshit. If you apologize after you get caught red-handed, it's useless. Mm-hmm. You have to apologize before you get busted red-handed for mm-hmm. it to have any potential of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. These guys are so gullible and so fucked up and so dumb or whatever. I don't I'm insulting them maybe a little bit too much, but there's something wrong with them where they don't understand how to they don't have the for some reason the capacity to like navigate adult relationships. Mm-hmm. Like these people are manipulators and they intend to do you harm while telling you they want to help you and help men. They're just right. pandering to you like politicians. They're pandering to, to get your money instead of your vote. It's the same mm-hmm. fucking thing. And they're just scum like celebrities and politicians and whoever the fuck. That's why I compared Donovan, you know, the sharp mama to Andrew Gillum, who mm-hmm. is almost oh, became God. governor in Florida, who oh. really just bangs gay hookers behind his wife's back in Miami and does crystal meth. And yeah. he got busted in the news for that. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's what a lot of these politicians do. And it's not just politicians. It's podcasters that are on YouTube. It's uh, celebrities. You know, they get busted for all their shit. They're all, a lot of them are fucking weirdos, man. 20% mm-hmm. of them are cool as fuck, right? The Denzel Washingtons of the world, the Keanu Reeves, right? These kind of people. The other 80 to 90% of these people, celebrities of any kind, any kind of public figure, they're fucking losers. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care what they've done in sports. It's, the athletes are also fucked up, right? They're yep. fucking losers. They're going to go to the grave miserable and have achieved functionally nothing. 
They're mm-hmm. fucking losers. And you think they're winners because they're on TV. That doesn't matter. They're fucking losers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. There's a, no, that's great. There's a, and, and, and I agree. I, I, there's a lot of that right now. There's a lot of, and, and what I try to try to say as often as I can is, you know, everyone who's a celebrity, I don't care if they're a, a TV celebrity or an athlete or a movie star or whatever, you've been able to see them all progressively turn on yep. people and push the jab. Or screw push, your freedom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> screw your legacy. Like yeah. how, how sad, how sad is that, that, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger became, you know, one of the icons of, of, I, I guess, celebrity media, movies, film, bodybuilding over masculinity, four, masculinity, yeah, masculinity. Extent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For 40 years. And then at the very end of his life in his seventies, when he's yeah. weak and old and lost all of his, all of his attractiveness and all his looks and all his ability to build anything really anymore. He says yeah. three words, screw your freedom and everything that he's ever done up until that point crumbles in ashes. Like, and he well, can't because, do anything about it because he's always been a fraud. That's the people don't want to realize. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I, I, not, some of his achievements. I mean, well, he, he did. He did of, get the body. He, he did earn that. You know, he had to put the hours in. But I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. He, his. Yeah. Cognitively or psychologically, he's always been a loser in some way. And on a long, on a long enough timeline, when push yeah. came to shove with the, the jab and all this, the mandates, right? Yep. He caved because he's yeah. he's always been that way. I think. Right. Yes. If, if you wait long enough, they will show you their true colors, and a lot of people are going to be fucking losers, man. Mm-hmm. And that's what, the manis- that's what the manosphere has gone through, right? This, they're, these little mini, uh, technically they're called minor public figures in a lot of cases. That's what these mm-hmm. people are, which is a different legal class of public figure, but it's very similar. And it's the same phenomenon we're seeing there, right? You know, the sharp mama is not, and Donovan or uh, Fresh and Fit, the fake and fraud, they're not, they're not major celebrities that are worth $400 million, right? Or some major politician, mm-hmm. but they're frauds. It's the same exact phenomenon on a much smaller scale local mm-hmm. to a community that you care about, like the Manosphere. Right. So yeah, it, just because the scale is different, but the, the fundamentals are the same. They're frauds, yeah. most of them. And, and we're talking about, like if we were just talking about sports or, 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 you know, science fiction or fantasy or something like that, it would be very different. But we're talking about, you know, in the Manosphere and in the, in the, in the men's movement of the Renaissance broadly, men's lives are on the line here. That's right. You know, men's livelihoods, men's fulfillment, men's happiness, men's well-being, families, kids, the next yeah. generation. Like, so you have guys who come into this space and they become essentially predators. They see it as an economic, economic opportunity to prey on men's insecurities and weaknesses and need to belong. And they put something out there and they hook, they hook some bait and then they keep them in there and they mine them for money. And yep. this is the problem with a lot of the black pill slash red pill communities is that is that you're like this is a stage men have to go through, but you have to lead them out, yeah. right? Like the red pill should transition and you know ideally into like the white pill or the gold pill or whatever. Like later, yeah, yeah. which is a way to say your mindset should change. Of you know, sort of you go through this awakening process, you ride the dip down through the black pill for you know having a doomer mentality, and then you slowly climb your way back to, up to a place of of hope and forward positive momentum. Yeah. But, but when you're dealing with a lot of these subjects, it's really easy to get men into the, into the pit and keep them down there and keep pumping yep. them full of like negative information. It's just like and, uh, Big Pharma. I mean, there's all kinds of memes yeah. and guys in the manosphere will be familiar with this. I think in most cases, you know, it's uh, doctors that heal you. You're no longer a customer, right? That's right. So a lot of That's doctors, right. they don't really give a shit. They're just, mm-hmm. There's pill pushers or surgery pushers, right? Mm-hmm. Which don't really heal you or solve a core fundamental problem. They just treat symptoms so that you keep taking more pills and coming back to buy more shit. 
Mm-hmm. If these yes. guys fixed you, if they really like 21 convention really fixes guys. Like you don't a lot of guys, you don't have to come back. You go once, it's a super intense experience, right? It's four days, five days of all day, night and day, just doing shit. You talk to Jack Donovan to like five, six in the morning one time, right? After, <laughs> being, at Denny, conference, it's, it's after being at the conference all yeah. fucking day, going through yeah. all these you had like like probably 15 hours of nonstop com- conversation and educational lectures just yes. driven into your skull. Right. Yeah, it's incredible. For four days in a row. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Guy, now this is not necessarily magic, but it's it's the best that I can do and that I've been able to do as an entrepreneur and as a leader is build these amazing physical events that are right in your face in real life, right? It's not a digital conference on fucking Zoom, which is super retarded. I hate that shit. Right. Yeah. And it's really powerful and it actually causes real change in guys. It's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The change ultimately is on you. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't save you. That's why I hate about the fraud father and these other guys. Like, I'm saving lives. Like, motherfucker, these guys have to save themselves always. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. cannot say, you can help a guy save himself. That's cool. Lending out a hand, you know, physically or through a podcast or, you know, ideas and education and books. That, that is real. But where it mm-hmm. goes off the rails is when these guys, into, like Rolo, intentionally fostered this codependency and shit. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm saving lives, saving lives, right? All coaches in the manosphere get this, right? Every speaker I've ever talked to that has any kind of, uh, particularly with dating relationships, you know, you get a lot of guys who are down and out from a relationship or a marriage and they say you save their life. And I'm a, I get this too from Tony Convention. I'm like, no, dude, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know you. I didn't save your life. You save yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing, by the way, from the Matrix trilogy that these guys don't fucking put enough stock into, Right. You get this kind of codependency in the second movie from this little the little guy. He kind of has a character arc too, which improves mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But he comes up to Neo and he's like, you saved me, you saved me or whatever. And what does he say, right? I didn't save you, kid. You saved yourself. Mm-hmm. For some reason, all these guys who are obsessed with the red pill of women, they throw all this other important shit. These are important philosophic statements, right? That are mm-hmm. made later in the movie trilogy. They throw them out the window. Like none of it matters. It's like, no, this really does matter. These guys yeah. don't save you. You save yourself, man. And if mm-hmm. you think they saved you, you have more issues to resolve. Like, mm-hmm. they can't save you. Like, you have to save yourself, man. Always. And anybody who, who latches on to that shit, latches on to these guys, that's weird. That's weird and it's predatory and it's wrong and it's mm-hmm. unethical. I think it's really hard for a lot of men to accept that they have the power to save themselves. Like it's really easier to take this saving mentality and to project it outwards to someone else and say that something that you outward person did saved me yeah. than it is for them to accept that, no, you actually saved yourself. Maybe I facilitated it. I gave you information, but you, yeah. you did all the work. And it's really hard for men to accept that about themselves. Like, wait, I have the ability to save myself because then that means they're so much better than yep. they've been led to believe. And that's real cognitive dissonance for men. It's like, yeah. no, you're much more powerful than you believe. Look at what you've done for yourself. Yep. And it's hard to get men to connect those two dots, but it's really important that they connect those dots. Yeah. And it's important for us, for people like us, to yeah, actually openly acknowledge it. Because yeah. tip, if we don't do it, then it keeps going on indefinitely, right? It doesn't, get, it doesn't really change. But mm-hmm. by speaking up about it and addressing it directly and calling it out for what it is, I think it actually does move the needle slowly over time. Mm-hmm. It wakes guys up to it wakes guys up who think they're they're already woken up and they're not. Like I mm-hmm. said, you know, earlier in the podcast, like these these guys basically take these blue pills, but they're wrapped in red paint. And mm-hmm. they're not red pills, they're just fake. It's just more bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more layers they have to go through, like you're saying too, with the black pill and the red pill and the white pill and the gold pill. Right. I like the gold pill and kind of Jack Donovan stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know exactly. if he coined that, but I I I know it really reminds me of the stay solar and all that kind of shit. Like, yeah, yeah I love it. 
that's really taken off. Well, this is this is you know this is great because it gives us. I wanted to transition to talking about the convention because you know what what uh, Rollo and 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 um, Donovan and and the Fresh and Fit guys are doing is is as a result in many ways you know as it sounds like of, of non congruence. Although I would like to say one thing, one just one thing in defense of Rollo, just one thing. Sure. I read his new book, the the book on religion. And I really liked it. And at the end, at the end of the book, he talks about his own particular views on God and marriage. And he comes out as, as saying very openly that he's, you know, he's a religious man. He's a Christ follower is what he says. And he's, in, and he's in favor, he's in favor of marriage. And the reason why I bring that up is because the way out of the red pill mentality, the way out of the red pill, black pill mentality is to recognize what you know, um, to build a, a happy and healthy family to use the information now to create prosperity as opposed mm-hmm. to just kind of like, you know, continuing to stick a finger or pour salt in the wound because it's profitable you know, to actually lead men out into the life that they in their hearts genuinely want to lead. And that's what I'm happy about the 21 convention, the mm-hmm. way that you've transitioned things from what started out as a pickup conference, which was very you know, appropriate for its era, but the, the times have changed and you've moved the, conver- the, the conference with it. Uh, but I did want to just say that one thing that, you know, yep. there is some congruence in Rollo that's come out recently at the end of his book, how that shows up online. I have no idea, but having read that, I'm like, okay, I respect, I respect that he wrote that down. So to my, my response, uh, it is what it, you know, I've no problem with people defending him like this in in specific ways. Other sure, people yeah, yeah. like Cobra like Tate have also said that Rollo claims to be a theory guy, not an application guy and this and that. Mm-hmm. And on some level that makes sense. Uh, I still don't give a shit though because Rolo <laughs> is that fucked up. Fair. Whether it's Fair. Tate defending him through the theory um, acknowledgement, which is uh, which is on some level technically accurate. Like I get why mm-hmm. Tate is saying that, and I get I also understand why you're saying this. And technically, mm-hmm. on some level, you're correct based on face value, what you're reading on the the uh, correct yes. on the book and this and that. Rolo is much more fucked up than all this stuff. Uh, so, for example, even the theory that Rolo promotes as a theory guy, I'm I'm just a theory guy. I'm a sure. writer, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. He's a plagiarist is what he is. Mm. And he LARPs as a theory guy, which really makes him like a keyboard jockey. So it's it's multiple layers of fraud. And that's why he's so much more clever than like Donovan and his, and his fat Miss Piggy wife. Uh, now with the religion stuff, what I believe Rolo is, Rolo is obsessed with Roosh. He's extremely jealous of Roosh and Jordan Peterson. And I have receipts, text, text messages that can back this up extensively. Okay. Hmm. Um, now what I want to say here is that Rolo is actually, he always tries to, to he follows closely what Roosh does and he mm-hmm. tries to jump in that bandwagon because he thinks, I think in his head, maybe he's right. Roosh is even better at him at marketing than Rolo is. And Rolo likes to follow what Roosh does. Mm-hmm, I okay. believe that Roosh is a troubled mixed individual. I'm not saying he's a fraud per se, but I think he has mixed motivations for what he does that people don't mm-hmm. understand. I get what that, that means, yeah, for sure. Well, that, what I mean by that is I don't really think he's a Christian. I think he's mm. actually pandering. And this, I get a lot of heat for this. People get mad at me for saying this, but I believe this. So does yeah. Rolo, by the way. Rolo, to Rolo's credit, Rolo said this, and Rolo, Rolo's not always wrong. As much as I don't like this guy, and I know he's sure. a scumbag deep in my heart and in my mind, yeah, he's, he gets the nail on the head sometimes and stuff, right? So I, that much, at least that much I can give him some respect. He calls out some things that are important in this world, and they're correct, right? For whatever mm-hmm. motivations he has for saying them. Now with Roosh, uh, I think what Roosh is doing is Roosh left the manosphere, so to speak, in the pickup community and all that, and he's tapping into new markets. And that's why he was able to delete all of his old books and stuff off Amazon, this and that. He didn't care anymore because they weren't selling. He had to find mm-hmm. a new market and a new kind of protection circle, and that was Christianity and religion. 
Mm. And as much as they're on the uh, the depowered side of the culture war, I think he found fertile ground there to sell books, which is what he's doing constantly for years now. Mm. He just mm-hmm. changes messaging and changes market. Rolo is not abandoning. He's not copying what Roosh does identically, but he does. Uh, he's heavily inspired, so to speak. Play, you know, plagiarizes maybe. He plagiarizes this these, these multiple layers of motivations and marketing that the Roosh does. So Roosh got into the the religion angle, and Rolo wanted to follow suit. That's the purpose of the fourth book. It's to it's to tap into that tradcon market and sell mm. them on the whole hypergamy cult thing through mm. the books. So I realize people are gonna people are gonna meme me for saying this, but I really believe this is what he, I don't even think Rolo is a Christian. I really don't. I think this is just pandering BS. He really isn't. Mm. He's not a Christ follower. He's not non denominational. He just kind of says it because that's what he thinks is the best uh, position for him and the manosphere to say. Because most of the manosphere is Christian, like sixty percent of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a poll on it recently in Twin Studios, and it was like fifty-eight percent Christian or something. Mm-hmm, I saw and that, I'm, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's pretty good representation of the manosphere. But yeah, if Rolla came out as an atheist, I think he'll lose book sales. That's why he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think Rolla is actually kind of a dark, fucked-up objectivist like me. I'm not a dark, <laughs> fucked-up one, but I think he's actually an objectivist. For example, mm-hmm. he stole the MPOO, the Mental Point of Origin, from Ayn Rand's Rational Egoism. I noticed this years ago, like 2016, 2017, and for years I pestered him about it. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. we should do a show on Ayn Rand, on objectivism for your religion show, this and that. He would frequently use the word objectivism on his blog, for example, in, in a lowercase way, which is really weird because mm-hmm. it's a formal philosophy that has millions of people you know, involved with it. And I realized, you know, I'm like, man, his, his MPO is like really similar to irrational egoism. It's almost identical. And I would talk to him about this and he'd always ignore it. He would change like, like over text message. He just changed the subject every time. Mm-hmm. I probably have four or five instances where I confronted him about objectivism and these these different issues that he was so similar to with Ayn Rand, and he just always skirted the the conversation. I'm like, man, that's really weird, bro. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this gets, no, no. I mean, this is this gets back to the congruency point, and this is you know, this mm-hmm. happened. You know, these are these are areas where you know I'm relatively new to the manosphere, as I've said. You know, I, I discovered it in 2018 um, because of the Rich Cooper talk, "Be Better" from 21 Convention, which I guess was in the 2017 talk. It yeah. came out, and, mm-hmm. on, and you know, so this is all this is all really new to me. So um, comparatively, anyway, yeah. so you know, I, sometimes I get to discover that okay, there's more there's more going on beneath the surface that I get to learn. Like for example, I've just got into a whole thing about um, cryptocurrencies versus Bitcoin, a whole layer of complexity that I wasn't really yeah. aware of of what's going on there between Bitcoin and shitcoins. Like, oh, okay, I get that. Like, but okay. that was my you know, graduating to a next level of understanding. And so, you know, I think one of the things that's really easy for me to lose sight of, and probably a lot of men who are probably also in the suburbs of the manosphere, is that, you know, a lot of these guys have long-term histories with each other. Yes. You know, like the, you know, going back to like the pickup days were in the late 90s. So it's been over 20 years in the red pill forums on Reddit and stuff like that. Yep. Like there's a there's a lot here that's kind of opaque or invisible. And a, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys are new, right? They they yep. come in, they, you know, the you know, some guy he just he just he's not a creator. He just isn't he just is in the suburbs of the manosphere. He's kind of interested in certain speakers, Kevin Samuels, Coach Craig, Terrence Pop, mm-hmm. whoever, right? They're they're here for two years and they like they think that they had this very naive childlike view of the manosphere that the manosphere is just what they've seen the past two years. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's like twenty five years plus at this point. Yeah. Never mind yeah. the proto manosphere from the eighties that you talked that we've talked about on Red Magnet mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's a really old community. It's not really old. I mean, feminism is way older by comparison. But as an emerging movement, as I see it, it's pretty old. It's a couple of decades at this point. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people involved. There's been TV shows, best-selling books, uh, different media. uh, Things pop off, like Make Women Great Again, the Red Pill documentary. Like 
Mm-hmm. It's it's it, the manosphere is much bigger than these guys realize, and it's much older, and it's much more complex. And there's a lot of political maneuvering that they don't understand, and they don't want to believe. Mm-hmm. Roosh mm-hmm. and Rolo getting tapping into the tradcon markets through their books. Guys don't want to believe that. They'll they'll say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Anthony's jealous of how much of a genius Rolo is. Blah blah, like all this <laughs> dumb bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling I'm telling these guys straight, just straight, blunt you know, hardcore facts to their face and they don't want to hear it. Just like when they find out Donovan married a, married an old fat woman and lied about it for years, they don't want to fucking hear it. You mm-hmm. can show it to their face and they just will deny the reality right in front of their face. Just like fake mm-hmm. and fraud. They mm-hmm. lost 50,000 subscribers. I'm sure 50,000 more have just become hate followers, but there's mm-hmm. still 300,000 subscribers that follow them. They don't care that they got lied to for a long mm-hmm. time, aggressively and egregiously to get money out of them. They just mm-hmm. don't give... They're just... They're sheep that want to be sheep, basically. They're man, they call them mano sheep. Well, the the last thing that's really important about that, though, is is you know for the for the men that are listening that are that are, um, and for the men you know in beyond even who are looking for a way to navigate through um, through the space. You know, it's important to me personally because I need mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm personally disavowed from these you know from these from these frauds to the extent yep. that they that they show up. So I look at this stuff. It's important for me to know that. So I'm not like resharing someone's content, yep. you know, that they're not, I mean, I do a lot of, I, I tend to do a lot of work with the stuff that I really commit myself to. Like, am I really going to put my name behind this because I spent a lot of time, you know, cultivating it. Yep. Um, but, you know, for men who go navigating through this world to be careful and recognize that there are predators, there are frauds, you know, there are, um, there are guys who are in it for the wrong reasons. Like as hard as yep. that is to say, and there are guys that are not congruent and there are guys that hide and there's all kinds of motivations and um, I think that there's, there, I know for a fact, there's something very special happening between men right now yeah. in terms of, you know, the, the Renaissance really coming together, the manosphere really coming together. Something very powerful is going on. But yeah. in that, it's, it doesn't mean we need to not be careful about who we follow Dude, and who Mike, we give our trust to. Mike Cernovich used to be a much bigger part of the manosphere with this danger and play or whatever blog and guerrilla mindset sure. years ago. And he, he called it flat out on Twitter one time. He, I think it was on Twitter. He said... Mike Cernovich, he's this big guy on Twitter. He's got like almost a million followers or whatever. Mm. And he said, the manosphere is the ghetto of the internet. And he Intense. didn't mean that in some sort of, uh, I think number one, he's at least at that time he was right. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it a lot better. And certain other guys are trying to do that too. But mm-hmm. Jack Tanner. A, yeah, exactly. There's a reason he said that though. Like this wasn't some random comment. It wasn't designed really as an insult. It was his observation of this community, the ghetto mm-hmm. of the internet, mm-hmm. because it is filled with fucking predators who prey on men who are really wounded and looking for answers in a world that hates them. Oh, interesting. It, it's just a sick cycle of like people with narcissistic personality disorder preying on guys who are hurt and have a trauma and it's unresolved. And these guys, they stay stuck, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the nursing that I mentioned, the nursing of the codependency, these weird motivations from these guys that have their own unresolved trauma, like all this shit. And there's propaganda wars and there's PR stuff and there's frauds and there's... Uh, the one the minute ago is a political maneuvering really is what they need to mm-hmm. understand. Just like politicians, they fight with each other, they maneuver for, for cloud or for votes or whatever in different geographies. That's a lot of what happens in the manuscript. It's Game of Thrones up in this bitch, like straight yeah. up, dude. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for saying that. That really lands for me. And, and I've seen that Cernovich quote or certainly heard about it. Yeah. And I always, I didn't interpret it that way. I interpreted it as, you know, um, this kind of, 
not in the not in the literal sense of a ghetto in terms of like predators and, and stuff like that, but that you're painting this picture that there are guys that are taking advantage of of, of men looking for answers. Yep. Like that's that's real. And that's I mean, real. I think I want to say too, I think I think one of the reasons it's a ghetto is because it involves sex and it's kind of like this dirty taboo thing that mainstream culture doesn't want to deal with at all. No one's dealing with with masculinity and femininity outside the manuscript, really, right? Yes, correct. I mean, it's the, the churches well, have been cucked, the universities have been cucked. Uh, even at most conservatives, you know, don't want anything to do with it. They don't give a shit. They're not interested. Yeah. Like the Manosphere is the one community, the one movement in the fucking world in the West, dealing in a useful, powerful way, assertively with masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk about later why that what that means. Um, we've mm-hmm. talked about that previously too. But anyway, the sex element is, I think, really what makes it so like deranged and like a ghetto. And like pickup trying- sex, you mean? Like yeah, pickup pick, artist? Yeah, okay. pickup artist stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. But even even divorces, no one wants to deal with it, right? Like if yeah. you if you're a man and you get divorced today, you know, and you go through the family court system and you get wrecked, no one wants to hear about it. Oh, sorry that happened to you, bro. Good luck. Better luck next time. They it's literally like, man, don't want to hear about it. Yeah, and it's like, man, this is a, this is a shit show, bro. Like this whole yeah. none of it, all this is fucked. No fault divorce. Eighty six percent of custody cases get awarded to women. Men pay lifetime alimony in Florida and California and other major states. Like this is all retarded, irrational nonsense, and no one even wants to deal with it or talk about it. Equal mm-hmm. shared parenting got you know wrecked by the feminists. That's what Warren Farrell left the feminist movement back in late seventies yep. or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Equal shared parenting is too much equality. Like mm-hmm. default fifty fifty. People don't know what that is. So, but yeah, it's Game of Thrones up in this bitch, and I wanted to say too that's why Rolo hates me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's basically like I, I view the manosphere as kind of like a twenty sixty twenty kind of thing. So you have the bottom 20%, which are like super predator frauds, like guys mm-hmm. who are really intentionally, knowingly hurting men on purpose yeah. while, per- while pretending and proclaiming they want to help them. You have the 60% in the middle, which is a mixed bag. It's, it's honestly, it's a spectrum and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kevin Samuels, for example, I think is a pretty good dude. I mm-hmm. think he did talk about the fake and fraud disaster, but he did so indirectly. So mm-hmm. it's like how, it's like, he is not a fraud, but he also didn't go swinging out against frauds and call them out when I think he should have. And that's mm-hmm, what I would do sure. in his position. That's what I do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you have 20% who are hardcore anti-fraud, like, fuck these losers, burn them to the ground. Let's move the manosphere forward. Yep. So, uh, now I'm going with this. But yeah, anyway, that's how Rolla hates me, though. It's uh, mm-hmm. 21 Convention and 21 Studios are basically a competing power structure. And the only organized power structure in the manosphere that is pushing it in a positive direction Mm-hmm. The Rolosphere is the opposite end of that bell curve. And that's why mm-hmm. he has to, he's been trying for years to destroy 21 Convention since he got involved with it. Either he's going to take it over or destroy it. The Redman mm-hmm. Group is a tool for that. And the guys I work with these days, that's why he fights with all these people, right? If he can't control them, then he tries to destroy them or remove them, exile them from the Manosphere himself. His fight with Sean Smith is an example of that, that he had about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Oh, Sean's such a great <laughs> dude, too. Well, let's, I know. Let's, Let's let's talk about this uh, competing power structure because it all fits together, you know, in this yep. really important way. Which is the best way to see if someone is congruent or not with the things that they talk about, the things that they promote, and the the content they create is to meet them in person. Yep. You know, is to you can't hide behind a you know an anime avatar or you know or anything like that. Like this is the whole online it manifests as like post physique. You know, it's like okay, you're going to argue about something or argue about something health related post physique, you know, so let's see who you really are. And so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that 21 convention is the post physique of the manosphere, but you know, yeah. there is something really powerful to the, the, the men who are digital content creators showing up in person to be seen on stage 
live and in person, nothing to hide behind. And the men who, who are want to learn from them showing up and showing their level of sincerity. Yeah. And that's really, really important in an increasingly isolated and, and digital world. And you've been doing it for 15 years, which is yep. and to a bigger degree than ever, which is incredible. It's the longest running and the lar- largest manosphere event in history. Nothing mm-hmm. else is even close at this point. Nothing. Not even close. Yeah, there's, there's literally nothing, which is sad. I wish there was you know, more to it than this. And mm-hmm. there are other events that pop up from time to time, but they all fizzle out. Some of sure. them are, lately have been intentionally designed to harm uh, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Roel Tomasi, for example, tried his Rule Zero Summit, uh, the, the Cruel Zero Summit, we call it. <laughs> he tried it twice in 2020. And the first time was designed to harm our spring events. It was put on, it was scheduled for the week before our events to disrupt oh, wow. attendance. But, but it got worse because then he had to reschedule it because of COVID. That's understandable. Sure. He put it and then he moved it to guess which dates? The same exact, again. exact same dates as 21 Summit after we announced, right? Finally, a lot of attendees who were on the fence between the Rolo, the Civil War, basically, were like, okay, Anthony has a point because this is, this is no longer passive aggressive. This is like overt. This Not isn't the week before that. your event. It's the exact same days. Yeah. And I that got I a didn't. lot of... Yeah, yeah. I, have the, I have the posters for it. They ended up canceling that. That was a shit show too because then they canceled that event and, and I have the video too. It's still, it's still public. Rolo didn't even take it down. I, still, I, I downloaded it anyway for backup. Mm. Rolo goes, oh, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna take care of you guys. We're not doing the event in October now on the exact same dates as 21 Summit, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to do a digital conference. We got you covered. He <laughs> didn't say we have, we're going to offer refunds and if you want to keep your ticket, we're doing the digital summit. We got you covered, bro. We're gonna wow. we're gonna re- reduce the costs of our conference by forty thousand dollars down to fifty bucks for a Zoom call, and we're gonna keep all your money. And the yeah. reason they did this is because they blew all the money. They collected the tickets individually per speaker, the money, and then I think uh, two of them weren't able. They basically blew all the money, and they couldn't even do refunds. So oh, Cooper, man. so Cooper and Rolo were like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck. What do we do?" Oh, so it's the scam, dude. The scams are gone. Exactly, man. This is all documented, bro. And That's nobody really talks bad. about it. Nobody talks about it, man. It just the scams go on and no one speaks up. And if I speak up, I get fucking screamed at. So I do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get screamed at. The, the screaming, like cry more. But that's why I appreciated the, yeah. you sent an email maybe a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, if there, if, if COVID restrictions affected people's travel plans and they weren't able to make it, that, yeah. you know, that, you know, you would be offering refunds. You said, I don't know what your word, your word, your exact words were, but I really liked how you closed the email. You said, you know, I'm hardcore, but I'm not a dick or something like that. I you said, know, uh, like, I'm, I'm a hard ass, but not an asshole. That's right. Exactly. And like, that's, yeah. that's the right way to handle it. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I do my job, but I recognize, look, if you can't make it, you can't make it. I'm not just yeah. going to take your money and blow it on this conference. And then, yep. you know, oh, here's, I got you, bro. Like, thanks. Thanks. Good looking out, bro. Appreciate yep. it. Yeah. And so God, what I mean by terrible. that is I'm, I'm extremely committed to our events. And when you buy a ticket, I expect you to be committed to attending, but yep. I'm not, I'm not crazy. And if it's illegal for you to travel, of course I'm going to give you a refund or whatever we want to work out. Whatever you want, whatever you want to do. If you want to mm-hmm. keep it for next year, cool. If you want to get a refund, okay, fine. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, like I'm not going to say I got you covered, bro. We're going to cover <laughs> you with a Zoom call because that's what frauds do. And I'm not a fraud. I hate frauds with a passion. I want to destroy yep. all of them, all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, the, it's, it's necessary. I want to burn them all at the stake. You know, figuratively speaking. Figuratively speaking, in Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's really, really important because that's what, that's what all this is about. You know, what yeah. are, what are we all talking about as men? If we're not talking about integrity, congruency, yep. what are we doing? We're not doing anything. You I know, mean, even just, in, I, I looked at Jack Donovan, a lot of this stuff, right? Whether he agrees with my 
uh, moves or not. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, and I, I'm sure. fine with I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anyone to follow me blindly or to endorse everything that I do. That's fucking ridiculous, right? I'm a right. controversial figure that does controversial shit, right? Mm-hmm. Even the people around me, the closest, I expect them to have disagreements and speak up. But I look strongly to Jack's tactical virtues, strength, mm-hmm. courage, mastery, and honor. If these guys don't have honor, you're not a man. You're a fucking loser. I don't like you. Get away from mm-hmm. me. And you need mm-hmm. to be exposed. So mm-hmm. that's, a, you know, you still have strength, courage, mastery, but honor. Honor is an integrity. These are like very similar issues. And if you're a low integrity piece of shit who rips men off while pretending and proclaiming you want to help them, I'm going to find you. I'm going to fucking burn you to the ground because you're mm-hmm. sick and you're fucked up in the head. And you don't deserve to be on, in the manosphere. You're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's why I love when these guys, blo- I mean, that's what they, the great thing about fake and fraud is they just fuck themselves. Like mm-hmm. I was working on, I was starting to plan an outline for uh, um, exposing them. You know, and John Anthony's been doing that too. But sure. I, I don't really have to do that now because they already had a much bigger shit show than I could have ever caused on my own. It's yeah. wonderful, you know. Maybe that's why maybe O'Shea was right, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's really important, you know, when we talked when I was there in Florida, we talked about how I think it's really important what you're doing because, you know, someone someone like me or someone like Jack or Tanner or whoever, you yeah. know, or Sean even, you know, these are guys that, you know, they're they're busy, they're building, right? And that's a very positive yeah. thing. And so are yeah. you. But who's going to who's going to have the courage to take on? I guess we might call is it a rear guard action? I don't know. Who's going to watch the flank? Yeah. Right, right. And that's really hard. That's really hard for men to do when you're trying to build a brand that's based around, you know, positivity and forward lookingness. Yeah. Because you know we're we're under such intense scrutiny. Yeah. But someone's got to watch the flank, and that's not necessarily a great or easy or easy job. It's a dirty and job. Someone's got to do it, man. Some well, someone does have to do it. Like yeah. for real, for real, because. Uh, you know, to your point about honor, I think honor is one of the hardest things for men to cultivate. Yeah. Uh, strength and courage and mastery, like those seem pretty uh, pretty obvious, but the notion of cultivating honor can be quite difficult because that gets to integrity and that gets to, you know, have you righted the wrongs of your past? Do you do what you say you're going to do, et cetera? But as men rise in honor, they begin to see the men around them. It's like, oh gosh, that these men don't really have a whole lot of honor. Honor, honor, honor is very black and white. It's very binary, much more so than a continuum. Courage mm-hmm. exists on a spectrum, right? Sure. I think it, it has intensities of expression. Mastery is another one, right? And strength. Mm-hmm. But I think you're onto something. Your honor is much more black and white. It's much simpler. It, mm-hmm. It's most issues are not morally gray. They're black and white men. They're mm-hmm. right and wrong. There is good and there's evil. Uh, there, there's still there can be. Everything is context specific, so there can be complicated issues in life. I understand that. Sure, yeah, of course. But in a lot of cases, men, especially when it comes to masculine, masculine honor, right, among men, you're either honorable or you're not. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you're right. You're right, or you so, yeah. It's, it's a thing, and it's it's there's not a lot of room for bullshit in it, right? Mm-hmm. The other stuff can be much as yes, you can cultivate it, and there's different levels of it. And the honor, though, is like yes or no. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys, I I got this from my grandma growing up, man. My grandma was fucking savage. Super hardcore Catholic. Mm-hmm. She barely even spoke English. She's from Croatia. Oh, wow. uh, but you know, she in many ways she was the parent, the best parent that I had, like the only parent for me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And she was super uh, committed and devoted to her religion. And that, and also my dead grandfather that I even got to meet. She he died when she uh, she was like maybe sixty. She prayed to him every night that I ever saw her in my life. Every night for hours, every night, hours and hours and hours. Now some guys would say alpha widowed in the manosphere. I don't I don't actually mind that. Maybe that's part of it. That sure. would make sense, right? But mm-hmm. it was more—it was obviously to me more than that because it was very religious. She would pray for mm-hmm. him, in addition to other prayers and stuff. She would say for hours every night, like like meditatively, and that intensity, that commitment, has always inspired me and driven me in my life to be the kind of guy and the man that I am. 
that is like super, super committed to honor and integrity and being doing this stuff. The job mm-hmm. that no one wants to do, watch the regard, right? Be the villain, be the bad guy. That's mm-hmm. what all these enemies, these frauds and managers are going to paint me as, right? They, you know, they come after me and try to destroy me and all this shit, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Anthony's a bad guy, the villain, blah, he's a drama queen. He's always at the center of drama because they're always attacking me. Like I told mm-hmm. you on the show, everyone watch, listen to the show, can check it out. Richard Cooper attacked me personally and my company and my event in February 2019. It came out of nowhere. There was no warning. It caught a lot of fans by surprise. Caught me by surprise, right? This was fucking bizarre. February 2019, the video is still on his channel. It's called An Important Announcement. Now, people think I attack him and I do make fun of him, but I didn't start that fight. He started that Mm -hmm. fight. Rolo, same thing. Rolo publicly attacked me in June 2019 on his blog, right? He defamed me. This is, this is like, I'm speaking legally here and mm-hmm. maybe there'll be corrective actions for that in the future. But he attacked me. I did not start that fight. And the guys don't understand this because these guys wage propaganda wars against me. Donovan, same thing. Donovan Sharp, the Sharp Mama, attacked me in January 2021. I documented this one much more extensively when the documentary because mm-hmm. I wanted to cover my ass. I'm like, I'm sick of this PR bullshit. These people attack me and then I punch them back in the face digitally and they cry victim. Like little, like mm-hmm. little bitches, like little feminists. Rolo, Cooper, right? Oh, Anthony's such a bully. He's such a drama queen. Like, motherfucker, you start this shit. Just like faking mm-hmm. fraud, right? It's just like them. They attacked Abba and Preach. They're like, all right, boys, bow up. Oh, we're sorry. We apologize. Oh, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to keep delivering great content to our fans now. It's like, no, you got busted for being a bitch. You started shit. And then you wrote a check you couldn't cash. Donovan mm-hmm. wrote multiple checks he couldn't cash. I was, it was very hard for me not to start attacking him, right? It was very, very much in my nature to just like, I want to strangle him on the internet. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to, let me try something new, right? Let me just step outside my comfort zone. You know, I'll be President Johnston instead of President Dream. And then he just kept going. I'm like, all right, now he has to just be destroyed. Fuck this loser. Mm-hmm. And he needed to be exposed anyway. I knew a little bit how much of a fraud he was. But the more I dug, as I, as I told guys on, on YouTube since then, the more I dug, the more I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was like kind of a fraud, much less bad than like Rolo, for example. And then the more I get into it, I was like, oh man, this is a shit, this is a shithole. Like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. It was a rabbit hole to turn into a shithole with mm-hmm. Donovan. <laughs> a, shard oh, <laughs> a shard hole. A shard hole. <laughs> a lot of guys don't understand this because like so much came out in the documentary about the sharp mama Donovan at once. <laughs> they thought I knew all this for years. I'm I like, can't stop laughing at that. Like, I knew I knew a little bit. Like me yeah. and the speakers, you know, uh, about a half a dozen of us, we knew certain things. And I was always at the center of this kind of conversation. Like, hey, I have some problems with this guy. What do you think? And I'm like, well, let me tell you because the problems are worse than that. But mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't able to connect all the dots and find more shit until I did the final research for the documentary. And that's what people don't understand: is the timeline. Like I didn't know all this for years. I knew like a little mm-hmm. bit, and then I learned more over time. And Donovan was basically having multiple speakers hold the bag of his dirty lies, and mm-hmm. different in, different speakers had access to different information, and none of them were at the center of it, a center of it, but me. And then I'm stuck holding the bag of all this shit, and then I look in the bag, and there's even more shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And then we find the videos of him talking about beating women and all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's just endless. It's mm-hmm. an endless shithole of Donovan Shart. Mm-hmm. Well, any guy who would say, you know, I'm going to knock a woman's teeth back into her throat as in punching her in the face. Any man who would say something like that on yeah. video. Yeah. Like, and this wasn't like a, this wasn't like video from like the 1980s or something on some VHS crap. Like this, some 2020, man. Exactly. It's like, so any guy who would say something yeah. like that in 2020 And they're not even, those, com- those comments are not even in the context of self-defense, right? 
Exactly. It, which would still be a little bit like, yo, man, keep it chill, bro. Like, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dial it back. Yeah. But I could at least understand that. This is not in the context of self-defense. It was for a woman disrespecting him, right? Mm-hmm. Punching these women, bragging about it repeatedly. Different women, right? Mm-hmm. And then men too that didn't even exist, right? He, he's clearly like a little kid that got bullied who just is like lashing out behind a camera like he's some badass, like LARPing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck that. Dude, no one who can fight talks like this. Just like these guys, no. f- fresh and fit, who talk about, I'll box you, bro. My, I think uh, the Goomba one, the short one, he's like, yeah, my boxing skills have been getting good lately. It's like, man, like, and then he's challenging people to fight. Like, Preach. Preach was, he was actually a professional, formerly a professional martial yeah. artist or competitive yeah, yeah, martial yeah, yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not and a, a bouncer too for years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and you just look at the dude's arms. <laughs> he's got ham hocks for forearms. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, I'm probably not going to want to box that I dude. mean, notice Cobra Tate is like a world champion kickboxer multiple times over. He doesn't talk like this. Of no. course not. Anybody no, who doesn't. can, John Fitch, another guy in the Manosphere, he's, he was in the he was MMA fighter for 20 years. He just retired, mm-hmm. I think. He doesn't talk like this. Anybody who can fight doesn't talk like that. They're not right. stupid enough to do that because you don't know what people have, knife, gun, or even more training than you do. You don't fucking mm-hmm. know. You could That's die. Right. Fighting's dangerous, man. That's right. Well, I, on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had this, um, he's a writer named Jeff Liberon, and he's trained in, uh, in combatives. So not just martial arts in terms of like a dojo or a gym, but like actual self-defense in person. He's like, you always got to pretend that the person has a weapon yeah. and that there's more. He said, there's three rules, I think. And, and I think the first one is you have to, you have to assume the person has a weapon, that there's more than one and that they want to kill you. And yeah. you, that's your approach. Yep. And so if you have that mindset, you don't have the energy to be walking around like, I'm going to kick your ass, bro. It's like, no, no, you don't understand how this really works because once you yeah. actually encounter real violence, yep. you recognize that it's much, much more serious. It's how, so little, any, it's how little kids think because when you're a little, little kid, little when, you're, when you're 10 years old, no one has a knife or a gun probably. I mean, right. it depends where you live, but probably no one has a gun, right? <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah, on, for the, sure. on, the, on the playgrounds. And, I know what you mean. and if, the, if, if there are problems among the kids or they're getting abused at home, these kind of things will come out. But it's when you have mama's boys like the sharp mama talk about this in their 40s and stuff or in their 30s, like the fresh and fit or fake and fraud. Yeah, it's just, it's absurd childish behavior that's like 30 years past the due date. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're not 12. You can't talk like that anymore, man. This isn't going to mm-hmm. come down. You don't know what they, it might not be a fist coming out. It might be a knife. And mm-hmm. like, and you maybe you, I've talked to a lot of bouncers in my life that come to the convention and guys I know in, in, on a personal basis, friendship. And they've always said as a bouncer, the number one thing you look out for is not even a fight or even a gun. It's a knife. Mm-hmm, like knives sure. cause like massive damage. They're super easy to conceal. They're super cheap. And any dumb fuck piece of shit can bust one out and ruin your life or kill you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Say, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I guess, I guess the thing that, that makes it difficult to, um, for me talking, just hearing about it is, is, is the epithets, you know what I mean? Like sharp mama and, and, you know, and like, I understand, <laughs> you know, but like, it was like, there's a way, there's a way of like approaching these things. There's a, there's a lot of different ways that different men would go about handling some, some of these, some of these, you know, subjects, right. Yep. You know, like, like, a there would be the, there would be the, the quote unquote presidential. I don't mean this, this is a, in the way like president of the manosphere where it was like, well, Donovan, et cetera, and, and speaking very clear and measured, but you, you go very hard at these guys. And I think for, yeah. you know, and I think when, so when, you know, someone else says in a more reserved tone, like, oh, he's a bully or whatever, the fact that you, you take such an aggressive tone with these guys, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it makes it difficult to know which side to choose. Let's, let's put it that way. Right. I can which understand side is right. I can yeah, understand yeah. that. I, I do take a presidential tone, but it's a very Trumpy presidential tone. Sure. I'm very, I'm very, very inspired by, yeah, it's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's a lot of fun too. I mean, I really enjoy it. Like making fun of my, my strategy basically is to mock, ridicule, and make fun of these losers in every creative and hysterical way possible. 
And I do think long-term, <laughs> short-term and long-term, it's very funny. I'm the yes. best by far. Even my opponents have commented like how good the memes are. They're the best memes <laughs> in the manosphere by far. Some of the Absolutely. best on the internet, you know? Yeah. Oh, and and, and that's it's really- funny because I can, I can plug, the best part is I can reuse the memes and plug new frauds into the old ones. Like with Donovan, <laughs> we put his head up on his too. But then I changed out from Socrates in the background to John Anthony because it was more relevant. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, it's very useful though. Uh, I, that's one of my favorite parts though, is just like, like looking back on old frauds and like, oh, we have a new fraud. Plug in, mm-hmm. plug in the new, the new head. You know, again, my video guy, my my Photoshop guy. I'm like, get that head. This, you know, get this shit. Put lightning mm-hmm. eyes on here and here. Like, it's a lot oh. of fun. I, we have a lot of fun in, in the company doing this, man. It's the best part. It shows. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that that's the part that isn't necessarily obvious. That doesn't really surface is that it's a chosen. It's a chosen strategy. You know, it's not like it's not like flying off the handle or whatever. Like, okay, this is it's a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of your personality. Yeah. But it's it's something that you you choose to do as a as a strategic approach to a problem. Yeah. As opposed to some sort of like, you know, wildly striking out in all directions kind of thing. And then no, much that's more important. Tony Bruno called this up publicly, and this was in my Donovan Sharp Mama documentary, The Sharp Report. Was actually the title of it initially. It's in the video <laughs> just, still too. Just kills me, man. Just kills me. So, <laughs> I can't help it, man. Once it is is sharp, sharp is so easy off the tongue. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's just you know this is messaging. This is branding yeah. and messaging, right? You just keep repeating the same <laughs> message. Plus, he's like fat for most of his life, so he looks like Big Mama, you know. And you said um, ca- cashing checks. He actually was convicted of check fraud or something like that, right? Oh yeah. Oh, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah multiple yeah, yeah. times. Yeah, arrested for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Identity theft, financial, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. But Tony Bruno commented, and I appreciated it very much. He said that Anthony doesn't re- react, he responds. Mm-hmm. And he's right. I waited uh, almost two months to respond to Donovan to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there, initially, I ramped up with some memes, but these weren't like, these were important, but not super serious. People didn't understand why I was making them. Right. But they led to the documentary. And then mm-hmm. everyone was like, that's, there was a lot of comments about this, hundreds. People were like, I get now why Anthony was making the memes and posting them. I didn't understand the antagonism. I didn't understand why. They were funny. But it got everyone's emotions riled up. They got everyone's attention. And then I dropped the bomb. And mm-hmm. it you know, went viral and fucked up his whole life by exposing him with facts and evidence and for the fraud that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, though, you mentioned so strategically uh, bombastic and aggressive with these guys. This is true. It's part mm-hmm. strategy. It's very intentional. It's also in alignment, though, with my value hierarchy. Mm. And I think I think fun is an underrated value, and uh, yeah. like for real. I mean, I remember yeah, no, I Trump, agree. I remember Trump talking about this as president, like in like 2018. Uh, he, was, he would say this more frequently than people realize. If you if you can somehow search, I'm sure someone has done this. Like everything Trump's ever said, he uses the word fun quite a bit for a president, mm-hmm. and he would mm-hmm. be out talking about something serious. But he'd be like, yeah, we're having a lot of fun here at the White House today, doing this and that with this executive order, and it's <laughs> yeah. like that is. This is number one, hysterical. Number two, though, this is actually very real. And I think it's one of the ways he's been so effective is by maintaining the value of fun in the middle of doing something very serious and very serious battles going on in the world geopolitically, mm-hmm. right? But he mm-hmm. still has fun. And fun is positive and it's, it's hopeful and it's optimistic. And it's it's side of human life that we need to keep uh, you know, pretty high up the, the value hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a dark fucking world, like Ivan Throne says. But there's still room for fun and making fun of losers. And it's really right. effective. It's effective mm-hmm. to communicate. This is the memes, right? It's, it's effective to communicate messages. A picture mm-hmm. says a thousand words, a meme says 10,000, 10, and a video says 100,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's so. really interesting because I, I, 
I know that in my own approach to my own personal brand, there's a lot of gravitas in it. And I know that a lot of guys choose that stance. And I think that's a great stance. But I think in in choosing a stance of gravitas, which has sort of a universal appeal, it's really easy for that to become too weighty and for it not to be fun yeah. enough because you kind of have to let it go. But then how do you let how do you let it go and still maintain a, a masculine stance while having fun? And that's well, you, a, you have some fun though. You have like lightning eyes on your Twitter and profile and stuff. That's that's fun though. That's funny. It is like, fun. It is fun. Yeah. So it's With the that's, crown, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's dope as fuck. I like that a lot. That's, that's part of <laughs> Thank why you, I like James. You. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the feeling's mutual. I mean, you're all the lightning eyes and all the the 21 yeah. stuff that you do is is really, really great. It, it shows character and personality though. It shows me mm. that you're not a fucking, you know, Rolo zombie, that you're not like, you know, super it as much as the manosphere deals deals with serious issues, there should still it should be a masculine space, which is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it from an effeminate beta male blue pill space. To a space that much has a much higher degree of masculinity, like mm-hmm. really a, as a community, like collectively push that in a strong masculine direction. And fun is part of that. Men should be mm-hmm. should fuck with each other, especially with frauds. But even in mm-hmm. general, we should fuck with each other and just do funny shit. That's mm-hmm. part of what locker room stuff, locker room talk, locker room banter, and fucking around, right? Even if even you know when I grew up playing football, we'd fuck with each other and hit each other with towels and fuck around and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, play pranks on each other and shit. That's that's for people you like. Never mind people you don't like, like the frauds. Right. You know, you be much mm-hmm. more aggressive with them and stuff. Well, that's yeah. one of the that's one of the the ways that uh, if you you read my newsletter, that's one of the ways that men bond is if we pick on each other, we give yes. each other shit. You yeah. know, and that's like that's like the getting to know you phase. And I think it's actually is it Warren Farrell or Jordan Peterson or both of them? They both talk about that. They both talk about how important that is for men yeah. to kind of feel each other out. In fact, it was on their podcast together they got into it. You know, here are two super distinguished profession professors you know, doctors, academics, you know, men in there, what Jordan Peterson's in his probably early sixties or mid sixties and Warren's in his seventies yep. talking about the importance of some like locker room banter and guys yeah. picking on each other for sussing each other out and yep. seeing where men's weaknesses are. Like, do you take yourself seriously or not? Well we, well, we talked earlier in the podcast about the conflict in the manosphere. And I talked about how guys, they basically use drama to delegitimize all conflict and throw the mm-hmm. baby out of the bathwater. That's stupid for any community in any organization. Like this is dumb. Like there's going to yeah. be a legitimate and illegitimate conflict. But also what in the manosphere, what's happening is that because it's a blue pill space where guys get lied to with things they think are red pill, but they're being fed to them by blue pill frauds, these beta mm-hmm. males, right? These effeminate fucking losers and gamma males. Uh, they're basically all these beta males that are conflict avoidant and the conflict mm-hmm. scares them. That's, that's another mm-hmm. factor and another reason that they want to get rid of all conflict. They don't like it. They're scared of it. They can't handle conflict. Not for men. Not they don't like seeing it. They can't deal with it personally. They don't like seeing it politically. Right? It's scary to them, and mm-hmm. they especially don't like it from women. Women who are conf- confrontational with them and shit test them. That's conflict. A shit test is conflict. And if you don't pass it, her vagina dries up instantly, like putting a blow dryer up to it, like just totally <laughs> fucking. <laughs> for real though, these guys don't get it. It's like, sure. dude, you yeah. if you suck with women, and you think you can read a thousand and listen to a thousand podcasts. And you're going to learn the secrets of the red pill and dominate mm-hmm. life and women. Yeah, you're delusional. Like the reason you sure. suck with women probably is because you're conflict avoidant. That's mm-hmm. why they, that it's, I call these guys the beta male police. So the manosphere, the BMP, beta mm-hmm. male police, because mm-hmm. they're all fucking beta males and they all, they're all conflict avoidant. Like if mm-hmm. they actually sat down with a psychologist who wasn't an effeminate feminist loser, like a real one, 
mm -hmm. would be like a real personality pro part of a real personality profile or characteristic would come out. They mm -hmm. can't deal with conflict for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Trauma yeah, or feminism sure. lied to them, low masculinity, low fear, weakness, for sure. Fear, yeah. Whatever the case is, they just don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I like conflict. You know, I don't I don't start fights, but if anyone fucks with me, I'm happy to fight back immediately. Mm -hmm. Like or as soon as I think it's appropriate strategically if it's a it's a bigger issue, like in the mm -hmm. in the manosphere. But yeah, mm -hmm. conflict is great. And that's all masculine men are not afraid of conflict. Then they're gonna have difference uh difference of opinion on how to respond to it, timing and these other strategic issues, tactical issues. But conflict itself, they're not afraid of, right? From women or from men, mm -hmm. not afraid of it in work, they're not afraid of it in their personal life, nowhere. If you gotta deal mm -hmm. with it, you deal with it. And that's the manosphere is filled with so many fucking beta males and so many fucking simps that they're all conflict avoid and they hate it, right? Even mm -hmm. uh, I did a, I did a calculation on our channel a little while ago. People accuse me of being negative, right? Like with the drama, you're so negative, Dream. You're so negative, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's like two thousand and something videos on our channel, right? Wow, that's awesome! Congratulations. All, all Thank you. Free to the world, all this stuff. Never mind Red Man Group. That's another 250 videos. Never mind 21 University, hundreds more videos. Never mind all the conventions. Never mind with thousands of videos around the internet, right? But just on 21 Studios, 2,000 videos. So that's a population, a data set of videos. I calculated like 98.4% or something are positive videos. They're mm. positive, educational, with occasional entertainment, like funny stuff. But mm. Mostly it's just educational lectures and interviews and stuff. It's all just positive media for men, positive mm -hmm. educational media. And like 1.2% are videos that are critical of certain people or exposing them or whatever. So it's almost nothing. And these dudes will say, you're, you're always so negative. You're always negative. You're always attacking people. It's like, this is, this is factually delusional. Like mm -hmm. you clearly haven't even spent two seconds looking at the channel. You just have a negativity bias because mm -hmm. these people are, you're codependently attached to them like a, like a fucking little bitch. And you don't want to face the reality that you got cucked by these dudes. Like mm -hmm. I told these guys with the sharp mama, they got cucked by this nasty fat woman, you know, using Patreon as Donovan Sharp as a front, like a beard, because she's too mm -hmm. fat and disgusting and old of OnlyFans. <laughs> so she uses Patreon, <laughs> right? Wow. Fake and fraud. All these guys that gave money to them on their Patreon, they all got cucked. They all got, mm -hmm. they're all simps. They're, instead of being simps for women on OnlyFans, they're simps for dudes on Patreon. It's mm -hmm. not who you're simping for that's the problem. It's that you're a simp. Right? Whether, right, whether it's Donovan's wife cucking you, or they're fake and fraud simping, or you know, cucking you too. It's the simping mm -hmm. that's the problem, and they're fucking simps. That's what they don't want to face, and they and they yeah. tell, they're not going to change until they face that fact that they got fucked. They mm -hmm. they stole money from you. You paid them a hundred bucks on Patreon over eight months. Yeah, they fucking stole from you. Basically, mm -hmm. they fucked. They well, fucked there, you. There's, I mean, and there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool stuff that you're talking about in here. You know, the nature of conflict and all that. But I think the thing that's really important is that okay, so imagine. Imagine that you put yourself in the position of you have a bunch of guys simping for you as a male content creator. Yeah. Like that's the position that a lot of a, a lot of these guys have gotten into. It's Most like of their head too. Well, yeah, because I get DMs from guys. Like I got a DM from a guy yeah. last night. Like I need, I really need help. You know, preparing for such and such a thing. Please help me. Like a yeah. real desperate kind of cry. And like I'm just like I don't know really what to do with that. You know what I mean? But yeah. if I were if someone who is wired differently psychologically. Could be yeah. like, oh, I can make some money off of that guy, or may like the feeling of that savior kind of complex. Like yes. I'm going to save this guy, and then once you run that out, once you run that out to you know hundreds <clears throat> or thousands of people and thousands of dollars a year, it's really easy to be able to keep men and to facilitate you know men who have that simping kind of mentality, yep. you know, 
in in that kind of trap that sort of to to sort of start to embody that savior complex yep and that's you know that happens that that really really happens and not just in this sphere but in so many others where you get this cult of personality yep. and the center of the cult of personality is the person who needs wants craves the attention that's who right. needs to hold themselves in that in that position and then they and their cult get trapped in this kind of dynamic where you know, it's and, and once you introduce money into the equation, yeah. then you got the whole fake guru situation. And this yep. is old; like this wasn't invented in the manosphere. Of you know course. what I mean? Like that, yeah. so it's been going on for a long time, but now it's showing up in the manosphere. And I think what people are mistaking as drama is, in fact, conflict of someone you standing up and saying, "That's wrong. That's bad. You're a fraud. I'm going to I'm going yep. to expose you. Enough is you enough. Need to, you need to get out. Exactly. What also is happening, I think, is that look, I've been in the manosphere for like 16 years. Yeah. And even even the primary reason that our videos are free to the world, like a TED Talk, yeah. is because I hated the frauds back in the 2000s, in 2006 and 2007. I knew that a lot of these guys were losers and liars. They were sure. just fucking frauds, right? They didn't they didn't have skills with women and they didn't have legitimate knowledge to pass on. It was just bullshit. Mm-hmm. On pick over, guys. Over, yeah, the pickup guys. Overpriced DVD sets and sales pages a thousand miles long written by yeah. somebody in India for 10 bucks. Like it's all, it's all retarded, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to fight back with a better product at a lower cost that was like a, absolutely lowest cost possible, free. And then mm-hmm. super high quality video production with good speakers. But basically it was a combative tool against the frauds. Mm-hmm. What I want to say now though is that there's always been frauds in the manosphere. It's gotten worse over time since I think in the, the 90s there was a lot less and the 80s with the proto-manosphere you probably have very few. But mm-hmm. in the 2000s, that's when money started getting really heavily involved. That's when the game came out. That went viral. There was the mm-hmm. boot camp craze. You had constantly guys paying $3,000 a week or weekend for a boot camp. Mm-hmm. That was like yeah. co- very commonplace back then. A lot of that was going on. It was a multi, multi-million dollar industry. Still is, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, really rarely did a fraud get exposed back then. This didn't even happen. They got away with it. They mm-hmm. got away with it. They took the money and they ran and they're gone now. Now yeah. what's happening in the manosphere is for the first time ever since 2019 when this, this civil war, so to speak, in the manosphere kicked off, finally, there's real pushback against frauds in this community for the first time ever. The only mm. guy before me that I ever saw do anything about it was Ross Jeffries. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think it was him. I think he had, it was like PUA watchdog because he knew what was going on. He'd been around mm. since the 90s doing his thing and he saw these upstarts and people just bitched at him like, oh, you're just jealous. All the same shit now, right? All this mm-hmm. cloud chasing. It's like, no, these people are frauds. They're selling you behind a keyboard, they're anonymous, a $97 fucking ebook, right? Or an $800 DVD set. And that guy doesn't get laid or bangs old fat women. And Ross mm-hmm. Jeffries was the only fucking guy to do anything about it. And he got hell for it, right? So what mm-hmm. I'm doing is that at a much bigger level, because I'm trying to do this now through multiple communities, right? Mm-hmm. Red Pill, PUA, whatever. I don't care. Anybody that's trying to get involved with men and masculinity issues. If you're a fraud, I'm going to hunt you down and expose you for being a piece of shit fucking loser and the world's going to know it. I can't control everything that happens after that, but at least I can share the truth and shine light on it like a sanitizer, you know? Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying my interview with President Dream as much as I am. It should go without saying that to participate in 21 is a huge honor. Which is why, once again, at the end of October in Orlando, Florida, I'll be speaking at the 21 convention the world's premier event for men and masculinity. As you've heard, the 21 convention has evolved the past couple years. The conference has expanded into the Patriarchs event, especially for husbands and fathers, as well as the 22 convention for women. 
This year, I'll be speaking at both the 21 convention and the 22 convention. At 21, I'll be talking to men about the power of shame in our lives and how vital it is to triumph over it, including my guidance for how to do just that. I'm thinking of calling my talk the final red pill. And at the 22 convention, I'll be speaking to women about the depths of men's minds and hearts, explaining to them how, in the words of Alison Armstrong, we aren't just hairy versions of women, and why what we're doing across the hall matters. And I'll be joining a huge and expanding list of accomplished speakers, including Ian Smith of Attila's Gym in New Jersey, Jack Donovan, Pastor Michael Foster, Tanner Guzzi, Alexander Cortez, Dr. Sean T. Smith, Elliot Hulse, Socrates, Professor Janice Fiamengo, lawyer Melissa Isaac, YouTuber Jennifer Molesky, plus more than I can even list. In the description, I've provided links to all of the 21 Summit events, or you can visit the 21convention.org and enter the code WILLS25 at checkout for 25% off any ticket price, including to the 22 convention. I recommend the VIP tickets, which include five-night on-site stay in the hotel's lovely rooms, which I've personally seen, front-of-house reserved seating, and an exclusive VIP-only dinner with the speakers. At 21, you can meet me in person, along with 10 members of my incredible Renaissance of Men team from around the country and even from the UK. Also, all tickets are bring a friend free. That's right, if it's the first time your friend has attended any of the conferences, they can come with you free of charge. The 21 Convention is the center of the Manosphere, and the Manosphere is the leading edge of 40 years of the Renaissance. What President Dream has created matters, and what we're doing there matters, this year more than ever. I hope to see you there. Click the links in the description for each of the 21 events and enter the code WILLS25 for 25% off any ticket. Prices will be going up very soon, and I only have a limited number of discounts left, so act now to secure the lowest possible price. Thanks so much, and let's get back to the podcast with President Anthony Dream Johnson. Well, this is really incredible because I'm trying to think of another community. I mean, and I'm not a part of every community, but I'm trying to think of another one that might have as much of a vested interest in policing frauds within its ranks because part of the part of the um the micro element of being a man is as being a man of integrity of searching out you know i guess fraudulence within yourself saying okay was that was that was that a lie was that truth what how am i deceiving myself you know and and all that so in a man's life he has to be on on a watch for the lies that he's telling himself and others even little ones you know or at least be aware of them like okay yeah but like, so, but that's on the micro level. But I can't think. But on, it's necessary, of course. So of course, it would make sense that it has to exist on the macro level on a community wide. Well, way. here, yeah, you have courts and judges, and you have anti fraud, false advertising laws and stuff. Of course. But here's what I think. Here's what I think you you're getting at. I, I think I'd like to know what you think about this. Yeah. Because it's based on part of what you said with honor, right? Mm-hmm. Honor, honor is not only a masculine virtue; it is central to masculinity mm-hmm. among men. Right? If you don't have honor among men. If you're a guy who's proven to be dishonorable, we don't want you in the tribe. Get out. You're dangerous. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yep. You can't ever be trusted again, basically, right? It's, it's super, super hard to recover that, that trust, that honor once you fuck it up. So mm-hmm. I think, in, for example, in the fitness industry, that people like AJ Cortez and Jay Vincent that are part of it in the, the online industry to teach people by working out, honor is not central to fitness. It doesn't work like that. Or, mm-hmm. or health or nutrition or you know, finance. Like It's not... It, fraud goes on in these communities, but mm-hmm. honor is not central to the existence of those communities. The manosphere is for men and by men, and it's been it's been growing for decades. 
And because it consists basically exclusively of men, I think that's why finally it's reaching a boiling point because mm-hmm. honor is central to being a man and to masculinity itself. And as I push this community over time, along with my buddies like you and these other guys in more masculine directions, honor becomes more and more of an issue because it's so foundational to being a man. And that's mm-hmm. why this civil war is becoming a bigger thing over the past couple of years. It's not dying down. It's increasing in polarity, mm-hmm. right? Along with the rest of culture. I'm sure there's more to it than that, being more polarized. Sure. But anyway, yeah, I think it's why that you don't see it in other communities. It's just not central to what they do. Working mm-hmm. out, there's plenty of frauds making making money off fat people that get confused by all kinds of you know false advertising bullshit and ma- mm-hmm. manipulation, basically. Mm-hmm. But in the manosphere, that goes on and it's 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 striking at the heart of masculinity. It's fucking it up. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it's it's why it pisses me off. And other guys mm-hmm. too, like fuck this shit. Like you're gonna yeah. say you help men and the whole time you're just scamming them. That does how does how does stealing money from men by lying to them help them? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It directly contradicts the purpose of the manosphere and the purpose of what these guys claim to do. Whether mm-hmm. it's fake and fraud, the fraud father or the sharp mama, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm getting at. That honor is central to to the life of an individual man, so it must be central to the life of this community as well. Okay. And yeah, I mean, and there, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no one else that I see out there that's as actively defending the honor of the manosphere as much as you are. Thanks. Right? And that's a, that's a real. That. It's true, and you know, it's a real. It's a. Re, I think there's a real active. Um, there's real active service in it because, you know, what is the impulse within ourselves that defends our own honor? It says, you know, is, is that impulse within ourselves, the impulse within myself to defend my own honor can go pretty hard at me at times. And yeah. I value that aspect of myself that says like, hey, yeah, no, that wasn't as true as, as you thought it was. And I go back and fix it. You know, okay, maybe it was as true as I knew at the time, but I went and thought about it. Something didn't feel right. So I went back and I go and I fix it. And I like that that part of me is hard on myself. I like that. It's necessary because, you know, standing up for one's honor, getting into conflict with another person or accepting accountability is not a, conf- it's not a comfortable process. It's never comfortable. That's not the yep. point. The point is that it's uncomfortable. And so, it, you know, an individual man and a community needs someone to go hard in favor of honor because how else are you going to get men? You, you can't comfort them, wheel them up in an easy chair up to conflict. You know, you have to charge into battle. You have to, yeah. get, your, have to get your energy up to do that. So, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense why you're doing what you're doing now that we get a chance to talk about it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And yeah. I, I want to say too that I don't think it's a job, you know, I, I like encouraging as many men as possible to stand up and speak the truth including mm-hmm. when it comes to frauds and the manosphere and this and that. Like I wish Kevin Samuels would speak up more aggressively. Sure, I wish yeah. Coach Greg would. To Coach Greg's yeah. credit, he did go after Richard Cooper, which is really good. And he, mm-hmm. he did a good job. He was big known for that. And he went after Derek Jackson, who was a little bit more distant to the manosphere. Oh, wow. and, you know, he did videos on that. And that's good. I just wish he would do that even more, right? There are right. certain situations like the freaking fraud that I think he should have spoken up and he didn't. Kevin Samuels too. He could have and he didn't. Right. I don't know exactly why I haven't asked him and I'm not going to. It's up to him. But mm-hmm. anyway, what I do want to say is that regardless of what individuals do, there does need to be someone who like takes charge on that. The same way there needs to be guys like Jack Donovan taking charge with what he does with Chess Magazine mm-hmm. now with Tanner and with even just focusing on masculinity itself. It's such a, such a uh, fantastic way. Right? There's mm-hmm. no one else talking about masculinity on the, on the level and the depth that Jack is. Right? Not at all. Yeah, he's really sharp on that issue. Like Tanner mm-hmm. is the lead style guy, right? In my view. So each mm-hmm. it's like each each subtribe of the manosphere has its focus, and each individual needs to have like find their own role, like to, that's true to who they are and their soul and their future, right? What they really want mm-hmm. to do in life. And for me, this is where I find myself, right? 
I realized that no one was trying to lead the manosphere officially. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Finders mm-hmm. keepers, get out of my way. Lead follower, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah, also, sure. also, there's a really serious fraud problem that's been going on for decades and I'm sick of it. I've been mm-hmm. around too fucking long. I've seen too fucking much of it. Not enough gets done about it. And ain't no one else doing shit about it. So I'll fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing now for a couple of years. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's just what I think I'm, I guess, made to do for the time being. And I think mm-hmm. I've been doing pretty good at it. I'm going to keep doing it. And no matter well, how many times this- people scream at me to stop, you know. Well, you shouldn't. And the and the missing part of the context that I wasn't aware of, and this is this is where, you know, 15, 16 years of experience comes in, which I guess we talked about earlier, is that you you saw the pickup guys back in the day scamming dudes. Yep. You know, three thousand dollar conferences, ebooks, or whatever, they're gonna turn you into some sort of some sort of pickup master. Yep. And it's like, you know, do you get any results? Well, no, may or maybe you do, maybe you don't. Yep. But one way or another, I get three thousand dollars by for the boot you know, camp, like, camps, yeah. Yeah, so you see that for long enough and it's like that's that's gross because these men they're not looking just to get laid. You know, maybe if you frame it to yourself that way, they're looking this is what Socrates, you know, told me which was so cool when sat down and interviewed him was that a lot of guys came and came to the pickup community just looking to get better socially. They weren't yes. trying to rack up huge notch counts. They just wanted social skills, which is that's a whole subject in and of itself, but mm-hmm. that's why they came to that world. And you're preying on these dudes. Yep. You're preying on these dudes that desperately they want to be loved. They want to have connection. They want to have or, friendships. Or guys fresh out of a relationship or a marriage. Like they're they're yeah. hurt, man. They're they're in pain. Like these yeah. are not men you should be preying on. They can be in a, in a dangerous psychological position. Like, you know, if they want to go do something or or buy something, I'm not gonna stop them. But it's like that's not really they really just need to like get in and like calm down, you know, mm-hmm. be around other men that can kind of guide them at a, on a pro bono basis. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be just, you know, forking out money left and right. But that's who these guys prey on, right? They prey on right. wounded, vulnerable guys because that's who it's easiest to get money out. It's like a hooker or a stripper mm-hmm. praying. I, I view these guys in the same level as like an aggressive stripper or, or hooker who is like mm-hmm. completely unethical and is looking to prey on the most wounded guy in the club or whatever, right? That's because mm-hmm. that's who you can get the most fucking money out of. If he has the money because he's hurt, He's emotionally vulnerable to fuck with and take money out of. That's what they do. And then they keep mm-hmm. them stuck there too on top of that, which is even more sick. Even strippers mm-hmm. don't even do that. And this goes back to what we said at the start of the conversation or earlier about, uh, you know, oh, thanks for saving my life. You know, yeah. uh, you know to, to the response, the proper response is you saved your own life. Yeah. Right? I may have facilitated some things that you didn't know, but you saved your own life versus what someone would say is, hey, you're welcome. You know, like guys would say that, yeah, I saved your life. It's like, no, you didn't. You know, like, like, you know, Sean, Sean Smith, great guy, amazing guy. Yes. You know, he, how many, how many sessions has he been in where he actually, his presence with that man or even woman was really the decisive factor in what they were going through, you know, to really, to really make a meaningful shift and, you know, really clinical, clinical issues, clinical depression, clinical anxiety, which he's trained, trained to treat. But even Sean wouldn't say, yeah, you know, I, you know, dust the dirt off his shoulder. Yeah, I saved yep. that dude's life. No problem. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's because it's not, you recognize that it's not about you ultimately. Yep. You know, well, you build Sean a career. Is, Sean is mentally healthy, which is why, he, <laughs> yes, he is. why he doesn't do that. If yes. Anybody who's <laughs> mentally healthy, I don't like when people like blindly follow me. I really, I try to make fun of them and get them away from yeah, me. And sure. hopefully it will help them like wake the fuck up. I just mm-hmm. don't like it though. It's weird. Like, I don't know everything in the world. Like, I think I'm pretty awesome and I'm fucking badass, but that doesn't mean you should follow what I do blindly. That's stupid. It means you haven't even followed the basics of what I'm saying. You're just picking, cherry picking little things you like without 
seeing the fundamental picture, which is like, lead your own fucking life, man. Be a man. Mm. It's okay to follow in certain ways at certain times in certain contexts, but like, don't blindly follow me. I'm not your cult leader. I'm not your fucking guru. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know you. I'm not pretending. And that's the thing too, right? These guys, I've noticed this for years on YouTube, the fitness industry and the manosphere, part of the way they grift, part of the way they con is they pretend to be your friend. Your friendly yeah. neighborhood red pill guru, right? Is what we see in the manosphere. No, they're just pretending to be your friend to get money out of you, right? We're in this together, right? For men. Are we in it together with your YouTube check? Is that going to mm-hmm. get shared evenly among all the fans? Oh, no, I didn't think so, huh? That's just mm-hmm. going to one fucking guy or one fucking company. No, it's all fucking scam. Yeah. I, so that's what I don't do is I don't pretend to be people's friends that I don't even fucking know. And that mm-hmm. to me is sick when they're hiding behind a screen and they're, hey, fa- hey, I say fam, but I'm just kind of teasing and fucking around. I don't, sure. I don't know you. Like, I, I'm not pretending to be your friend. I'm not your friend, right? Mm-hmm. You think you know me. You don't know me. But that's the thing is people know me in real life. They know I'm a lot different than I am on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm, then there's like sure. the online dream and then there's like the real life dream, right? <laughs> Twitter's scorching lately, by the way. <laughs> My phone last night. I was like, oh, man. Nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, these are, these are both congruent, but I express my personality in different ways. Sure. Anyway, though, I hate people who blindly follow me or what I do. Like, it's stupid. Yeah. And it, it, it means you have fundamentally missed the point of what I'm doing. Like you really mm-hmm. aren't getting it. And I'm going to, I'm going to make fun of you and hopefully piss you off in a way that that makes you do, do get it. Like don't mm-hmm. blindly follow me or anyone. Like mm-hmm. go lead your own fucking life before you die. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, and there's, you know, I came from the sort of the inner work side of the, of the, of the men's world. So the mankind project and stuff like that. And one of the, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of baby in the bathwater. There's lots of bathwater, but one of the, one of the things to take out is, is there this, there's this, you know, phrase that doesn't universally apply, but the, the, the men say, you know, you spot it, you got it. Meaning if you see something in someone that you like, it's like, I really admire your integrity or whatever. Yeah. The response to that is whatever you see in me is a reflection of something that's in you. So if guys are coming at you and, 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 you know, hero projecting at you, it's like, no, 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 like I'm doing my thing, but what you're seeing really is a reflection of something that's true about you that you've displaced onto me. And some guys are very comfortable wearing that. Like, you're right. That is me. And that bolsters their own, their own ego. And then on the, on the flip side of that though, also, um, you know, between the alpha beta dynamic, you know, the, the phrase that a lot of my friends use is a gamma, the gamma male, which is like, you know, you know, guys who. Uh, they they don't like the alphas lead the betas follow or belong you know I li- I like to frame it in terms of like a lot some men just want to belong and the gammas actually subvert the hierarchy yes right they're the ones who come in and try and fuck everything up because they can't be king that's Rolo by right. the way that's Rolo and now AJ now people you know I did call Rolo the secret gamma king but uh, the shadow gamma king I think is actually what I called him based on what but, we've said that sounds about right actually from what AJ, you're saying but alexander cortez aj cortez i think was the first guy to call that on twitter and in my documentary the short one about 25 minutes about rollo i showed that tweet of aj calling rollo a fucking gamma male and he's right mm-hmm. rollo is not i call him a beta male loser and stuff but he's not he's a gamma male he's mm-hmm. really dark and twisted and fucked up uh socrates recently called rollo like the cancer of the manosphere he's like a fucking tumor because because he is <laughs> He's that <laughs> fucking bad, man. Everything he touches dies. He had Donovan, the the fake and fraud. These are little puppets that Rolo tries to set up, like these little like these little franchises, right? Like little hypergamy churches to spread his message and sell his books, right? Mm-hmm. And he was counting on fake and fraud to blow to you know continue growing. Yeah. Instead, yeah. they imploded because Rolo's a fucking is a he fosters negative personality traits and character traits. He finds them in people, and then he fosters more of them. He breeds more cancer and more retarded shit because he's a fucking gamma male. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what guys don't get, right? They, you know, I think uh, Vox, uh, Woke's Day, Vox Day, as he calls himself, I think it's Woke's Day, is really, I should say it. He yeah. was the one who coined these, uh, you know, the manosphere and a gamma male and stuff yep. like this, omega male. I think he's even, you know, I think he's kind of loosely friendly with Rolo, but even he doesn't see Rolo for being a gamma male because he's mm. distant. He doesn't know Rolo at all. Yeah, all he's not invested guys, in this community. Yeah, yeah, he should be. I mean, Manosphere is fucking awesome. Like, I think Vox is I cool. Agree. Yeah. But, uh, no, but I mean, Rolo is a really a super gamma king. He's the biggest gamma male that there is. These other guys aren't gamma males. Donovan's not a gamma male. He's a beta male. Uh, fake and fraud are not gamma males or, al- or alpha males either. They're beta males. Most mm-hmm. of the frauds are just beta males, but the, some of them are gamma males. Uh, MLD would be another gamma male, for example. Uh, mm. He's one of the few. Like they're these really fucked up. He's a child stalker. So some of these guys are like, when they go next level fraud or weird shit like child stalking, then yeah. they're basically that's kind of the tell sign that they're gamma males. Their personality mm-hmm. is so twisted and so fucked up and so retarded that they've crossed the threshold from loser beta male to gamma male. But we'll just mm-hmm. fuck everything up for everybody. That's one of the mm-hmm. reasons also that we have to get rid of them out of the manosphere because there's super toxic poison. Mm-hmm. I guess fake and fraud are such frauds that, you know, they're pushing that boundary too in a different way. But I still don't think they're gamma males, they're beta males. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, once you start, you know, once you start sending, you know, DMs to women, you know, asking for sex to come on the podcast and stuff yeah. like that, like that's yeah, just, exactly. that's not going to work. And the, and you have to be, as an individual man, ruthless with your own pursuit of, of personal honor and sort of, you know, purge the, the the gamma aspects of yourself or the shadow aspects of yourself that are yeah. trying to take you down from the pursuit of your own mission. Like this is, yep. this is the macro and the micro they're the, they're the same thing. And that's actually really cool. Something I hadn't really thought about before that, you know, as a, as a community of men, we need to behave as if we're kind of one man in, in different ways. And, okay. and uh, yeah, I mean, and that, well, that's, that's one of the things that you, you put out um, a bunch of uh, flyers for 21 convention a couple days ago. And, you know, there was uh, one with uh, uh, Ajak and, um, you know, and, and uh, Jay Vincent and Ian and Smith. Ian Smith yep. Yeah. On one. And then you had another, you know, with, uh, with uh, Elliot Hulse and, and mm-hmm. Steve the Dean and stuff like that. And then you had one with, uh, of me with, um, which was really cool with Dr. Robert Glover and Sean Smith and Ken Curry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it was really cool to see, to line them up next to each other and to be like, these are the different expressions of masculinity yes. that exist within a, a single man. And that also now exists within this community. And that now exists within 21 because yep. what you started was much, much originally much more pickup focused. I mean, obviously 15, 16 years ago, it was yeah. a much smaller conference, but now it's diversified and there's a whole, and then there's a whole patriarchs thing. I still want to, whole- so this is a common, in my opinion, misconception about under 21 convention. There is okay. some, there's some truth to what you're saying that it started as a pickup conference, but that's not the whole story. It was okay. even from the beginning. I guess what I'll say is this: the the fact that it has spawned into this very comprehensive uh, convention and kind of media empire for men, Redman Group, Twenty One Studios, mm-hmm. Twenty One Convention, mm-hmm. Patriot Convention, Twenty Two Convention, Make Women Great Again, all this stuff, right? That is to me, and I think Socrates would agree, is one of the few guys who witnessed it from day one. Uh, pre mm-hmm. pre pre announcement before I even announced it to the public. That's how long Socrates awesome. was watching it, right? That's so great. It was even back then. It was a self improvement event and focus for young men. And it even Got back it. then, even the first event, two thousand seven, we had a whole speech on. It was basically called men's uh, style and fitness, and it was the same idea as Jay Vincent is preaching now. That's the guy that led me to. Dr. Doug McGuff and Drew Bay and Jay Vincent and all these guys. That started in 2007. 
So even mm-hmm. back then, there was a speech on fitness and style for men, which in my oh, really? view extend, yeah, for sure. And I saw the recordings and all that. Uh, I, he's He never went into public speaking more extensively, so we took that down a long time ago mm-hmm. for his privacy, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. And anyone who attended remembers that too. So that to me is an, an example of physically a factual basis of like, even from day one, it was mostly talks on pickup, but then also some style and fitness. And the mm-hmm. reason you had a diversity of speakers and content was because the foundation was self-improvement. It wasn't, the pickup, it. Was just awesome. the, the pickup was just the expression at the time. But, mm-hmm. the, and so this is also why I was able to quickly in 2009, only a couple of years later, transition it into an event for young men to all men. And then it's just been getting bigger and broader ever since then, because eventually it became international in 2010, went to Europe, Mm -hmm. then later Australia, then later it became for fathers as well in 2019, and for women in 2020. Now we do three events at the same time within the same summit. So what I'm saying is there is some truth to the pickup uh, understanding that the public has of it as a foundation, but behind that has always been a self-improvement focus. Mm-hmm. And that is why it was never limited to pickup. And that's why guys back in the, even in 2009, when I brought in fitness speakers more extensively, uh, that's when we, it was more known that there was fitness speakers speaking. And a lot of the PUAs back then were very angry about this. I still have the old emails. They were like, vi- like uh, screaming at me every email that I was betraying the PUA community. Because it, it was not, they assumed it was exclusively PUA focused. And I'm like, no. Even in 2007, we had one who wasn't. And I think it's cool to have you know, personal trainers who have nothing to do with PUA stuff. Because the fitness guy we had in 2007, he had some involvement in the local pickup layer. So he was still like from that community, but the speech had nothing to do with pickup. Mm-hmm. But in 2009, we had speakers then from fitness and stuff that had nothing to do with PUA community. And that's when the guys are realizing that I was making the conference about like masculinity and men, not just PUA stuff. And it was official. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like a sideshow in 2007. Now it's like, I'm officially doing this. And to me, it makes perfect sense. And so in my mind, it's always been a self-improvement event, not a PUA conference. And that's why no matter what uh, element of masculinity I want to focus on, whether it's fitness or health or wealth or self-defense or marriage or family or whatever, it all fits into the same fundamental picture mm-hmm. that's been going since I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm, maybe that's hard for people to believe, but that's how I viewed things back then. I was always uh, philosophically thinking about it like extensively on a wide angle view, panoramically, I call it. The, the actual, uh, if you see in the background, because you're seeing the video of me, mm-hmm. the actual tagline of the 21 convention for a long time was a panorama event for life on earth as a man. I panorama, like a wide angle lens, like a wide angle focus. Mm-hmm. That's from like well, 2012. You, well, you have to put these things together. This was always, this always seemed to me, I never participated in the pickup world, but this always to me seemed to be a, a, a distinguishing mm-hmm. factor between um, just in terms of time-wise, the, the the difference between the pickup era and the red pill, you know, beginning of the manosphere era, where you know the pickup era was was sort of understanding intersexual dynamics, let's say, but then the red pill manosphere era became like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah. you're not just going to go, you know, use these mental hacks to to pick up chicks and get laid. Like, how are you actually going to meaningfully improve your life, knowing what you know now well, about the world? To the credit too of the real red pill community. I think Rolo basically at some point turned the red pill into the Rolo pill and he kind of hived off from the much wider red pill community that uh, has existed for a long time. People, a lot of guys on YouTube don't understand that, but there's a real red pill community of the manosphere and exists even still primarily on Reddit and TRP.red. They got quarantined Mm -hmm. by Reddit and kind of censored, so that fucked it up. But it was Mm -hmm. pretty big before he got quarantined, like 300,000 men in it. Mm -hmm. And Rolo was a figure here, but he had many competitors and his, his stuff 
you know, was respected, so to speak, among that group, but it was not the only game in town. He was mm-hmm. one red pill guy of many. What I will give the red pill community credit to, though, fully, is that they were the first ones to take seriously building a unifying theory of like what's going wrong in the world for men and, and in dating and relationships and intersexual mm-hmm. dynamics. The PUA community didn't really do that. The farthest mm-hmm. it got, it was mostly just yeah, like social skills, which is Socrates is correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Dating skills, pick up and picking up girls, same night lays. There was not a lot of content on relationships, very little. Socrates was a pioneer, I would say, in that community back then, for even focusing mm-hmm. on that at all. He was calling it out for in a business sense too. He's like, these people are stupid. Like you have all these guys who they get girlfriends and they have relationship problems. They need help, and no mm-hmm. one did shit about it. No one, nothing. It was. Yeah. I mean, he's. He brought it. It was a great point. Like it was dumb on multiple levels back then to not focus on that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, outside of mystery with like su- survival and replication, very few uh, teachers back then, because a lot of them were frauds or whatever, they just didn't have any uh, thoughts really as to what the fundamental issues were, are, were that were going on in culture. What was the unifying theory that could tie a lot of this, these ideas together? And that's what the Red Pill community did really well. Andrew mm-hmm. the Private Man was an example of that. When he spoke, the Red Pill speaker, before he died, unfortunately, of eyeball mm-hmm. cancer, his speech was like called, I think, the why, the why of how. And it was about the red pill itself. Like, wh- not only is the pickup is the how, how do you go pick up girls, but why does it all work? Why does it tie together? Mm-hmm. And he was trying to tie, you know, these ideas together for the guys using the red pill and using uh, some of the ideas we see today, even hypergamy and stuff. But in PUA, there's, dude, I was in there for, you know, that was the predominant community that I was a part of from the Manister for a long time. And there was very little thought as to like, and that annoyed me too. Because I was trying to, I was even, that's how I found Rollo actually in 2015. We were searching for speakers to help me build out more of like, what the fuck is really going on in culture? Because the PUA stuff, it's cool for getting mm-hmm. laid, but like, what are the deeper issues at play? And these guys aren't answering it. My mm-hmm. speakers, I thought, were doing some of the best work to that. And they were doing some good work for that, but there's much more beyond that. So. So that's really in my own in my own research, trying to understand the history of of everything that's been going on for the past forty or so years. That was that was a real shift. It just that I determined when the pickup guys gathered all this raw data about you know the way that women work and and discovered eventually that what we're told is going on sexually is not what actually is going on, yeah. right? Because they, they, they had the the raw so, you know what sociological research, I guess you might say, to to validate it. They wouldn't even build to get to today but then it was the red pill guys that really took it and put it together and be like well yes. hold on if that's a lie then this is a lie and if this is a lie then that's a lie and then yep. and then you get into real like not intersexual red pill but like real like you know capital rp red pill about the world and life yeah and then it was out of that where it's like that's where the whole sovereignty movement was born of because you recognize that you're being lied to about really everything. If you're yep. being lied to right down to the level of men and women and families, what are you not being lied to about? Yes. And so then you then you start getting into sovereignty, then you start getting into you know aspects of homesteading, and then you come around, which is where 21 is at now. We've got Pastor Michael Foster, yeah. you know, leading the Patriarchs event. Like it, you know, it ends up in Christianity and religion and faith, and yep. it's 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 really powerful. I don't know that. Did you expect to get here after 15, 16 years? No, man, not even. It, it was a one-time <laughs> event, man. That's what people don't understand. It was not a business. It wasn't even supposed to be an organization. It was supposed to be just like a, a one-time hobby event. And then I got, got the guys at the end of the first event were like, when's the next one? They just expected mm-hmm. more of them. And I was 18 years old at that point. I was like, I, I in my head, I was like, oh shit, I didn't even think of that. That's really mm-hmm. went through my head. And I was like, uh, next year, same time. <laughs> and then I realized very quick that I committed to doing another one and I yeah. liked it. It was fun and it was really cool to pull off. So I was like, I'll, I'll do another one. 
2009, I almost ended it all. I was, it was exhausting to do these events, man. Sure, I, almost, yeah. I almost made 2009. I was, I was telling the guys, like, I think this might be the last one. I'm getting kind of exhausted from doing it. It's fun. It was getting bigger and more complicated. And I'm like, fuck. But then I, I doubled, I put my heels, dug my heels in and did obviously a lot more of them. And that's 15 years now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I never in my wildest dreams. It was supposed to be an event for young guys, right? Self-improvement, fitness, mm-hmm. picking up chicks, right? Really, it wasn't even supposed to be an event. It was supposed to be a meetup group. It grew mm-hmm. from, a, it was supposed to be a meetup, like a meetup.com kind of thing, right? And then that quickly turned into a convention and then the under 21 convention. And then it's just, it's just been this constant evolution over time. And no, I never thought it'd have anything to do with religion, pastors. If you had told me in 2007 or 2008, even the second year, that I'd have pastors and reverends and stuff speaking on the stage about masculinity and issues and stuff like that, I'd be like, what the fuck? What? Like that would have been, because I'm an atheist yeah. and I was an atheist then. Like, you gotta be kidding me. And I, but I, yeah, I had no idea where the culture war was going to go at that time in my life. It was still very, in the 2000s, it was still very tame compared to what we see today. Mm-hmm. And I was even talking to Suzanne Venker, an anti-feminist author we have speaking at 22 the other day when we first talked on Zoom. And I told her, I was like, look, our conference these days, it deals a lot in cultural issues as well as self-improvement, but it didn't start out that way. It was just self-improvement for young men and then mm-hmm. all men and then fathers. But as the culture war is heated up, it's gone from just self-improvement to self-improvement and cultural issues as things have gotten increasingly polarized and increasingly chaotic and crazy because I find it as necessary and it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. as it's a matter of honor. Like this country is falling apart. The culture is falling apart. Masculinity is dying. If it's not already dead in this country, right? It's really, it's in terrible mm-hmm. shape. Femininity is just as bad, if not worse. The family mm-hmm. is falling apart. Our civilization's fucking falling apart at the seams. Someone do something. Like, mm-hmm. hello, and not just politically either. It's these are, politics is a downstream from culture. I believe that firmly. Andrew Breitbart, right? Now they, yeah. have a, they have a reciprocal relationship too, for sure. But if, you know, politically, we can't save this country with just politics. No amount right. of building walls and Trumps is going to save this country. Like things are falling apart at a much deeper level. And that's the manosphere, like I said, is the only thing doing anything about that and the wider men's movement or whatever. It's anybody yeah. related to these issues focusing on speaking real, talking about real issues and real shit going on and trying to fix them on a personal non-political basis, if you don't deal with that, we're all fucked. Feminism's mm-hmm. a death shot to this country. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a shot to, to the world. Yeah, it's going to fuck everything up. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's extremely, there's nothing more dangerous to the world right now than I would say feminism long-term. Short-term, mm-hmm. we have some more serious shit to deal with, obviously, and we should mm-hmm. get into that. But yeah, I mean, you could, I talked to Jack Donovan recently on a podcast interview for the Chess Magazine thing. He's going to get in quotes from that. And I was, and he put it in the interview and I appreciated that. I was like, look, man, if we had this amazing, super healthy 1776 revolution tomorrow, not that I'm calling for one, right? right. Uh, what is it? Uh, d- disclaimer. But it, mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just hypothesize that one happened. What would really change? You'd pro- probably not a lot long-term. In 20 or 30 mm-hmm. years, you'd have a lot of the same issues spring back up because it, the rot is mm. much deeper, right? Men are not men anymore. Women are not women. Family is dying. The black community is at 70% single motherhood out of wedlock births. Whites mm-hmm. and Hispanics are closing the gap. Like, this is crazy. You, mm-hmm. can't, you can't build a country and a continuous civilization with everybody being raised by the fucking government. You're going to have something bad's going to happen, man. Dollar mm-hmm. will collapse, currency collapse, war will happen. War, is a, war, genocide, and stuff is a regular theme throughout history, man. Now, mm-hmm. we've, we've lived in a brief period now post World War II where this has not been happening too much. It still does, obviously, but no one sure. had the scale that it did. And yeah, masculinity, femininity are central to this. They're the, most, they're the most ancient forces we have in our species. They mm-hmm. precede language, they precede fire, they precede the wheel, they precede civilization by a mile, 
right? Mm-hmm. And they're dying now. And feminism is at the root of killing those things. Yeah. Masculinity and femininity and family and the connection between masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's as I think about it, you know, I, I remember from the book uh, Iron John that talks about um, he takes more of an industrial revolution you know, was the first strike against masculinity, the removal of sons from the home. Mm. And it, it's not a coincidence that, in fact, there's a, a Brett McKay who does the Art of Manliness podcast. He has a book called Muscular Christianity, and he ties the Industrial Revolution to the rise of feminism in the church because fathers are removed from the home. They were sent off to work in the factories, but the pastors were in the village all day. So they started going around to women and they started meeting the needs of women because the pastors didn't get a chance to talk to the men. So, you know, the rise of, and the rise of feminism came about from the industrial revolution as well, because women could finally work. They could do, you know, work similar to the men. It wasn't necessarily based on physical ability in terms of like, you know, carrying bales of hay and mining and stuff like that. They could do factory work. So women were participating economically more. So they wanted political participation as well. So that sort of makes me, that sort of makes me think we're seeing a lot of that now where we have, you know, sort of metastasized feminism in, in terms of the SJW kind of woke mentality, yes, right? We have, yes. we have that that's merging with this really hyper intense corporate state. You know, you have the military industrial complex merging with feminism. And that's what we're looking at with this whole coof nonsense is like, yeah. you know, there's, there's the, there's the, there's the, the intense hyper technological industrialization that's being carried forward on this wave of social justice warriorism. But that's what happened 150 years ago, where you had industrialization, mechanization, and then you had feminism come at the same time. And yep. I'm just it's kind of blowing my mind right now, actually. Yeah, that's a, this is a really good, I, well spoken. I can't, I cannot <laughs> steal your thunder on that. Well spoken. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. I, I want to add that um, another thing that Jack Donovan said to me in that uh, recent interview, probably about three weeks ago or something like that. He said, uh, speaking on the same issues, he said, feminism mm. is probably the biggest thing to ever happen in human history. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and he meant that, and I was like, "Damn!" Like, because I I talk a lot about these issues, and I hadn't thought of it that way. As much mm-hmm. as I see it as a threat, I hadn't thought about it and tried to compare it to other historical things that have happened, which is unlimited, right? The fall of Rome, mm-hmm. the American yeah. Revolution, the Magna Carta, the Jesus, like the birth of civilization, right? Agriculture, like there's a lot of big things that have happened. But I think what Jack was trying to say, and he can speak for himself uh, if he's interviewed, or you know, maybe he'll write about it. I think he should. But that claim, I never heard that. And what he's saying, I think, is that feminism is basically, with the Industrial Revolution or without it and other geopolitical events that have happened in the world since then, feminism is fundamentally changing the relationship between men and women rapidly and without respect for nature. Yep. And that's how I interpreted it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm like, man, this guy is in the nail on the head. Like, fuck. Because we've never seen that. There's been nothing like feminism. There's been, in the fall of Rome, I think you saw the rise of women in these different things, other issues and shit. Um, so there's, there's pre, there's like proto-feminism, chivalry and mm-hmm. shit, but really this feminism that got started in Seneca Falls that we're seeing now with the, tra- you know, wokeness and SAWs, I view as the child of feminism. It's metastasizing mm-hmm. cancer. Yeah, it's going to kill, it's going to kill civilization. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we've never seen anything like it. You know, the founding no. fathers didn't have to deal with it. You know, Napoleon didn't have to deal with it. You know, the Dark Ages didn't have to deal with it. You had to deal with other shit, bubonic plague and shit. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's big shit. And the average person is today has zero awareness of that. They swim None. in feminism like fish. They see it as this water and it's just around them. Like what water? Like mm-hmm. it's all around you. Feminism has dominated everything in culture and it's dangerous. 
And it might mm -hmm. be so cancerous that it kills the country you live in. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, it's just about equality, blah, blah. Like, no, man, right. it has nothing to do with that. It never did. Mm -hmm. You can't even you can't even speak against feminism to a normal person. You even even say like maybe some things of feminism weren't good, and they react in horror. Like yeah. how could you how could you say that? Like there's a you know I should I should really write down a list of things in our civilization that can't be questioned. Feminism is one of them. Yes, you, you cannot question feminism. You cannot question vaccines. Right? Yep. You just can't even you can't even say like well maybe maybe it's a good idea to have you know liability for the manufacturers. Oh shock horror! Right? Yeah yeah yeah. You can't question climate change. Like, yep. why is it that we're not allowed to question these? And of course, there's a big list of other things as well. The science why? is settled. The science is settled. Yeah, well, yeah. the science is evolving is the new one, right? It's like the yeah. settled, but we settled, we were wrong, right? But like, yeah. so it's like, but with feminism is one of those things you can't even... You can't even suggest, you know, that that there was something wrong there. And I agree with Jack that it's the most fundamental, powerful force because it's actually... It's driven by this sort of Marxist ideology that you can reshape society however you want, yeah. right? Because the, the the Christian counterpoint is God has divinely designed society, men and women, or you know, th in this particular way through through these various you know through these various spiritual and, and material mechanisms to make men men and women are women, and you can't reshape that. Marxism says there is no God. We're going to remake society as we see fit. Yeah. And feminism is the first. Like you said, the most fundamental expression, the two most fundamental forces in the universe are masculine and feminine, and on That's earth right. are masculine and feminine. So if you say that they have no basis in reality, and you can just mix and match and m m mess them all up, yep. you know, there's there's really nothing more fundamental to to being a human being than being a man or a woman. That's like, right. When there's, there's nothing else, there's, really there's literally nothing more fundamental, I would say, other than being human. That's yeah. it. Like you're mm -hmm. human being, and then what kind are you? That's that mm -hmm. literally the first step out the fucking door. You're an individual mm -hmm. human being and then you're male or female. That's it. But now, mm -hmm. of course, there's 500 genders and all that shit. All part of this, this, this push to destroy masculinity and femininity right. and turn us into androgynous, uh, homogenous you know, robots, basically, that don't have these masculine souls and feminine souls and all the bio biology and psychology that go along with it. Uh, it's, the, it's the destruction. Our species is sexually dimorphic. And feminism mm -hmm. is, like you're saying, I think, a push to completely aggressively to the maximum degree disrespect the fact that we are a sexually dimorphic species. We mm -hmm. always have been, and there are several hundred thousand years or a God or whatever that have made this so. And you can't just change it because you feel like it because your mm -hmm. feelings or your wishes or your whims or whatever, your emotions fucking say that's cool. Reality doesn't give a fuck. God doesn't mm -hmm. give a fuck. Pardon me. You know, my French. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, Ayn Rand would say existence exists and only existence exists and you can evade reality but you cannot evade the consequences of evading reality and that's what these people think they can do that's awesome yeah. and they can't it will always this is why you have to respect nature whether God created it or not I don't really give a shit we mm -hmm. are here and we're human beings and your body and our, and our species is very old and feminism is this insanely aggressive push to fuck up the most foundational point of all that, male mm -hmm. or female, man and woman, and then how mm -hmm. we connect by fucking and breeding and building families. It's fucking mm -hmm. up all that. And yeah, the average person has no idea. Like you're saying, you can't even criticize feminism even a little bit. The minute you say mm -hmm. that, like, hey, feminism is kind of weird and I think that they're, they're, they're extreme and they have a lot of you know, stupid beliefs. Let's talk about it. Oh, you want to enslave women? Oh, you want to repeal the 19th Amendment? They, they jump, dude, they go, they go from zero to 100 miles an hour in a heartbeat. The many you say feminism is anything less than perfect.
the fact that you yeah. even think it's not perfect, that you even want to talk about it and criticize it, you can't, no, you're not allowed. For a long time in this country, mm-hmm. it's been the case. It's insane. Well, yeah. the, the fact that you, you, if you even want to, I, I, I guess the way that I frame it is the one thing that can never happen is you can never tell a woman no. And what the abortion debate is really at its base is about yep. is that nothing will stand in the way of giving women whatever they want. And if they want to kill a baby, they will never be told no by a man. That's the, that's, right. that's the ultimate expression that a woman can take a human life and not be told no. Yeah. You know, and they, I got, I got, a, I, like, I met up with an old friend um, that I hadn't seen in like 17 years. And uh, we were traveling overseas. I went to visit her in, uh, in New Mexico. And, you know, we got to talking about abortion. Like, I could tell we were kind of dancing around, getting into deeper issues in the conversation. And I had to point out to her, like, it's a human life. It's not going to grow into an alligator or a tree. It's going to grow into a human. Yep. You know, it's a, it's a human life. And so that's, the, that, that's at the bottom, I think, what feminism, you know, really says is like, you can never tell a woman no. And that shows up. Like, yeah. in, we, talk, we talked about it earlier with conflict and, and, and dating and pickup artistry and red pill. It's like, okay, can you actually tell, are you a man that's strong enough to tell a woman no, knowing that she has the entire force of culture behind her? Yeah. You know, it, no, with, fem- I was, I was feminism has, has elevated women to the status of gods. Minor gods, yes. or what do you call them? Lower, uh, lesser gods, lesser, lesser gods, deities, lesser deities. There's all these deity words, so it, it, descriptors, basically. But yeah, they're like they're deities. Yeah. They could decide yeah. whether little babies live or die unilaterally. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not the case, by the way, in Japan and certain other countries. That actually right. need, they need the consent of the father, right? Right. Uh, which is, you know, that's still not perfect, but it's a lot more in the right direction. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't get unilaterally decided this baby lives or dies. What the fuck? Like yeah. that's we live in that. That's like normal today. And if yeah. you and if you think that's wrong, then you're a right wing extremist. Mm-hmm. It's like anything to the right of Pol Pot and and Mao is far right extremism today. It's <laughs> yeah, all exactly. it's part it's part of the propaganda war, but it's just yeah, it's totally nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at it, you know, in, in this this spirit of never a woman never being told no. You know, uh, there's something very masculine. That's that's the masculine principle is to draw boundaries. Yes, and the, the boundary is a no. That's what a boundary is. Is like you don't come past this point. It's just an outward facing no. And I'm just looking at the craziness that's going on, and I say that there's the biggest cosmic no coming. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's what we can all feel is that reality will assert its primacy over propaganda, over the ideology soon. What does that look like? Who knows? But it's like at some point you're going to reach the end point and you can scream, you know, white supremacy or patriarchy all you want at the laws of physics yep. and they're not going to change. Nature, you know? nature will win. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And then we feel that. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the angst that I think is like, yes. this is so out of balance and it's so wrong and the scales are so tilted in this very unnatural, almost it's, unhuman direction. How does it get correct, corrected? For sure. It's dangerous. It's, it's legitimately yeah. dangerous. It's, it's threatening. And that's why mm-hmm. I think Noah Ravoy, one of our speakers recently said, like, any man with an ounce of testosterone left in the West, in the United States or whatever, your spine is tingling now. You're getting a tingle up your, your nerves, yeah. right? The shit's, the shit's, this is going off the rails so hard and so fast. And it's putting, you know, it's endangering the future of your people, of your country. Mm-hmm. Like people could die, a lot of people, like they did yeah. last century, hundreds of millions, right? We're facing that on a bigger scale with more with a bigger population. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, and it it will be corrected though. Patriarchy is inevitable, and nature mm-hmm. will win. While like in in architecture, for example, Socrates is an architect. They have a saying in architecture world that water will win, mm-hmm. which is kind of that's where he gets the nature will win. But he says this a lot. It's the same thing, right? Nature is nature. Existence exists. A is a. 
and you're not going to beat that. However much you think you can, you can't. If you want to conquer nature, you have to respect nature. Nature to mm-hmm. be commanded is to be obeyed. And when you disobey nature and you disrespect it, it's going to punch you back 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Nature to be commanded is to be obeyed. Where's that from? That's awesome. Ayn Rand was a big fan of it, but I don't think she was the originator. I think she got it from a philosopher named Francis Bacon. If I'm not okay. mistaken. I could be wrong on that. But uh, if, if you Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah that's spine tingling. Like, I feel that. I feel that. You yes. know, it's just like I, w- I had a dream a couple nights ago where I was standing in line on some city street. It felt like LA. And I'm standing in line with a bunch of people, and there are these guys in red shirts. And there's something, it's some vaccine something, and the people are pushing back on the guys in red shirts. Like, I don't really know what's going on. And then suddenly, everything is falling, like as if the whole street and everything just dropped like a pancake, like a collapse underground, and everything starts falling. And I felt that sensation of falling in my entire body in the dream. Like, I'm falling, I'm falling. And then I woke up, and it was almost, if you ever have one of those dreams where you feel like you're bouncing in your bed, like you were it was exactly like that. (laughs) It's like just out of nowhere, everything just started falling, and I woke up, I'm like, oh shit that's that's not a good dream to have there have been plenty of uh jordan peterson i would think be one and i'm sure many others in the manosphere said that like femininity is chaos femininity yeah. is chaos elliot hollis was big on this uh last mm-hmm. year at patriarch and other speeches he gave I, there, there's been a lot of people in the manosphere who believe this and they're right uh, i think that what i want to get at is that like feminism is femininity is completely out of control mm-hmm. and women today in america for example are completely out of fucking control I said yeah. the other day on my Twitter, women in this country are absolutely out of control. Well, that's a little bit bombastic. I mean it. I mean, look, mm-hmm. at, look at OnlyFans, look at sugar dating, uh, look at feminism, look at abortion. On every yeah. fucking... It affects men too. So that's a whole other issue, mm-hmm. right? Feminism, blue pill eyes and all this bullshit and courts and politics and policies and all that. But just in terms of like raw behavior, women are fucking out of control in this country. And mm-hmm. it's unique for the time period we live in. The founding fathers, American women in the 1700s and 1800s were not like this. Women today in other countries do not act like this. It's uniquely American and to a major extent, other Western women, Canada, Australia, Britain, whatever, they're fucked. They're just completely unhinged. Like, mm-hmm. and they, they have just, like you're saying, they, they don't know how to take no for an answer, right? They mm-hmm. just think they can do whatever they want indefinitely with no consequences. Reality doesn't work like that. Like, mm-hmm. you will get whether the men do it or nature does it, someone's going to smack you in the face with a big old dick of reality, a big old dose of truth. <laughs> it's it's going to mm-hmm. crash. Like mm-hmm. you think you're invincible. You think you don't need no man. You think, you know, civilization just built itself. The crash is coming, man. The correction is yeah. coming one way or another. And mm-hmm. I love women a lot, right? I try to help them as best I can with 22 convention, make women great again, or speakers and a lot of energy in my life. And yeah, the women, they're just out of control, man. And fem- feminism is basically the cancerous outgrowth of that. Like super unhinged, just out of control. It's okay that women are, are chaotic, right? There's probably a mm-hmm, good reason sure. for that in our species. They're mm-hmm, exciting. Absolutely. And it, I, I'm firmly a believer, like I'm not a complementarian necessarily, but I believe that men and women are compatible. We're comp- complementary to each other and it's pretty important mm-hmm. ways. Parenting is an obvious example of this. Children mm-hmm. need both a mother and father. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's just nuts, man. They're out, feminism is femininity just completely unhinged and out of control to a really extreme level that we've never seen before in human history. There's no other, there's no basis in history for feminism, like some huge feminist experiment like the spanning, mm-hmm. you know, all these, all these huge nations, billions of people, a uh, hundred and something years now. Like this is nuts, man. And it's going yeah. to blow up on our face. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully it doesn't fucking repeat itself, right? Like hit most of history and, you know, human beings. 
Mm-hmm. There's a science fiction book called um, the Can- A Canticle for Leibowitz, which takes place after some apocalyptic collapse, which the book was written, I think, in the 60s. So it was probably more like nuclear war at the time. I don't think that they foresaw we were getting now. Um, but I think what the feminists would say is that feminism came about as a way to, let's say, check the worst impulses of men. They, they, they say that in various, in various ways. Sure. But there's no, there's no counter for men to say like, okay, do men get to check the worst impulses in women? Is there, is there reciprocity? And the answer, of course, is no. You don't get to tell me no. It's like, well, what's your, what's this, what's your historical basis for that? Oh, well, you know, thousands of years of, of oppression, all that. Well, let's take that apart. No, you don't get to take that apart. Yeah. You know, Warren Farrell takes that apart. That's and, right. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's very challenging for people to confront that, like, what you think, what, what the feminists portray as men or mm-hmm. patriarchy is a very, very small number of very elite men. And then there's millions and billions of men throughout history that, you know, have had nothing. They've had yep. no power, That's you know, right. and this, and, this, and, and uh, I did an interview with Warren Farrell where he talks about that, where he was actually, um, he was actually in a car with uh, Gloria Steinem and she was talking about men, this and oppressor. And um, they were, they were riding in a limousine together and uh, he and Gloria Steinem and the limo driver said, you know, I have an anthropology degree, but I couldn't make any money. So now I'm, you know, now I drive a limo 60, 70 hours a week to make, to make uh, ends meet. And then so um, and so, when Warren got out of the car with Gloria Steinem, he's like, "Well, you know, what what about that guy? Like, he's not trying to oppress his family." And, she, and Gloria Steinem goes like, "Oh, that's interesting," and like just totally brushed it off. Yeah, didn't even see the the they, man driving the car. It's because they don't see they don't. She, I think I've said the manager for a while now, and for whatever reason, I guess I was the first person to say this. For me, it was just I'm like, this is what the manager believes, and I believe mm-hmm. women women see three genders. They always have. So I don't mean the 500 gender shit. They see three mm-hmm. genders, right? Fundamentally, on like a biological brain level, right? Neurology level, I guess would be the way to say that. They see men, they see women, and they see betas. And basically, if hmm. you're not in the top 10 or 20% of men, let's just classify it as a percentage thing. They mm-hmm. don't even, that's, the manosphere would say that's what they would, I think, say to that in general. That they're invisible. They're invisible, yeah. You don't even exist. They, they, those men are not really meant to them. They're beta males. They're like animals. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be used. And mm-hmm. I don't view men that way. That's stupid. I, I say beta yeah. male and alpha male. Mostly, mostly it's to insult people and to try to put masculinity on a spectrum. Jack Donovan was talking about this today in his newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty cool, actually. It's a good newsletter, like usual. But I don't, you know, women, you know, hyper simplifying, categorizing men into alpha beta shit for breeding and all these other purposes. I don't give a shit. That's not what should be leading culture. That's stupid. Right. And that's what Gloria Steinman, I think, did was what you're saying. Yeah. It does, they don't even exist, right? These men who, mm-hmm. who are, these men who have had no power throughout centuries and thousands of years, who have built civilization, right? Who have who fought in revolutionary wars and these things to fight for freedom and individual rights, they don't even exist. They don't even matter. Mm-hmm. It's just all it's just narcissism out of control at this point. Solipsism on steroids. And there's no ability for for well-meaning men to check it, to tell a woman, yeah, no, you're wrong. You're wrong because then you're mansplaining. Like the language wars, yep. it's insanely sophisticated mansplaining, toxic masculinity, yep. patriarchy. Like, you know, and then they've, of course, they've spent, you know, some of the, some of the, the brightest and most devious minds in history that have spent years developing this stuff, you know, launching these. Like, I remember, like, I've, I've talked about how I was part of Occupy, Occupy Wall Street, Occupy San Francisco, right? Oh, wow. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I thought what the big banks were doing, the vampire squid, Goldman Sachs stuff was criminal. 
And I was furious that no one was holding them accountable. So that's that's what got me involved. Yep. This was in San Francisco, 2011, 2012. I never once heard the word privilege or patriarchy in a year of working for that organization. Never once, yep. right? Suddenly in 2013, someone in a, in a men's group actually said, told me to check, my, check your privilege. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Did, and yeah, I was like, what does that mean? Like if I could feel the verbal weaponry being thrown at me, mm-hmm. you know, it was like it, it landed like energetically. Yep. And so like, these are, these are, these are uh, verbal weapons, rhetorical weapons Word, that are being words, used. Words are the most powerful weapons in the world. It's Absolutely. not, it's not the guy who pushes the nuke button or pulls the trigger. It's the guy who gives the command. Whether it's mm-hmm. a, a leader of a country, a president or whatever, or it's a commander in the military or another politician giving orders, mm-hmm. it's words. It's words coming out of when Donald Trump mm-hmm. dropped, a, put a, dropped a Moab bomb on Afghanistan a couple of years ago, he didn't mm-hmm. physically go push a button and, or fly a plane and do it. It's mm-hmm. his words. And not only in politics and in government and stuff, but in culture, it's words, man. If they mm-hmm. can control the words, they can control the way people think. They can control the way people think. They can control them physically, the way they behave and the way they act and the choices they make. It's like in the manosphere, right? These guys who manipulate and defraud and scam all this shit, what do they do? They get in your head and they manipulate you and they lie to you. What is the end goal? It, it can be a little bit varied depending on feeding their God complexes and shit, but on a very simplistic level, it's for money. In most mm-hmm. guys' case, it's just money. So they want to physically control, they want to control the way you think so they can control your brain to control your fucking hand and your fucking fingers to go in your fucking wallet and take out your fucking credit card and get money out of you over a long mm-hmm. period of time as much as possible. It is about physically manipulating what your fucking fingers do at the end of the day. That's what these mm-hmm. frauds are after. That's what they're doing with the language too. It's the same fucking thing. They want to control yeah. the, the weapons and the verbiage and all that shit to control thinking, to control behavior, to control, to basically enslave people. Like this is mm-hmm. what cheaper to slaves is. It's a way, it's a modern slave basically, like a serf. And mm-hmm. if you can't think for yourself because you can't speak, they control you. They control mm-hmm. the culture. They control. That's how they dictate. They can manipulate voting patterns and all kinds of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's sick. What were modern slaves? What they were male slaves. They were what castrated, right? And then they weren't. They were denied the ability to read. Right? They couldn't read, and they were castrated. And 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 uh, I think we see that we see that today with you know short attention span theater, social media, Netflix, yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, you've got a shelf full of books beside you and I've got a shelf full of books beside me. And I, I think it's, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, underestimate, overestimate, overestimate just how important the printed written word is not yes. in the Kindle, not an audiobook, but the printed, like read, a, read a book. Yes. But then also, you know, decastrate yourself. And so, <laughs> you know, to, well, I mean, this is this is what we're doing, right? Like, yeah. we're taking men that have been fully betafied, right, and we're hopefully rehabilitating them and get introducing them to their testosterone, to their strength, to mm-hmm. the boundary, you know, boundary drawing function. And who knows how they showed up? Maybe they showed up because of a bad divorce or a breakup, or they saw a video on YouTube, or, or who knows how they showed up. Yeah. But to sort of, they're taking them out of this sort of. Um, beta male mentality because you know this whole corporate you know bureaucratic medical state wouldn't have been able to advance without feminism without the Karen mentality that's that right. has infected right. teachers and nurses you know and 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 women freaking out because you're not wearing a mask but right behind them are legions of beta males that can't tell them that can't tell the women no that's right you like know? what, and what so, would a strong masculine culture would it have any tolerance for all this crap we see today no what would the no. founding fathers do today if you told them 
we're going to put you under an indefinite house arrest, all of you, right? Not just, yeah. not just one or two of you, millions of you, right? House arrest, we're going to put a mask on your face, right? We're going to shut down your business for six months. And if it, if it goes bankrupt, we don't give a fuck. We're the government. Mm-hmm. You, do, you know what they do? They'd shoot them. They'd kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not advocating you go do that. Anybody listening, right? FBI listening, whatever. That Everybody knows, including the detractors of the founding fathers who don't like them, believe they're white supremacist, patriarchal, capitalist pigs, mm-hmm. who cares, right? Whatever, all this shit. You would, what do you, they shot people over taxes on tea, like 2% or some shit. You think yeah. that you're going to lock them in their home? They would grab a gun and they'd fucking kill you because they mm-hmm. were men. Not just because of the time they lived in, that was a factor. Not just because of whatever other factors you want to throw in there, because they were masculine and they were men and they were not cucked and they were not feminists. And if you tried to do all this fucking tyrannical bullshit to them, they wouldn't even hesitate. They'd fucking kill you. Yeah. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't think twice about it. They'd fucking celebrate after killing you. They'd mm-hmm. hang you in the mm-hmm. fucking street for the shit they're doing today. It's exactly what yeah. they'd do. When I met with Elliot Hulse in Florida, I talked to him about this, you know, because he's he's become very avowedly Christian, so have I. And so I was sort of playing devil's advocate with him. And I was saying, well, you know, the the a lot of people paint Christianity as this sort of slave morality where you're supposed to sell, you're supposed to sacrifice and allow yourself to be obliterated. And that's, you know, that's very Christ-like. And maybe that's Nietzsche's position in some ways, but that's also the way that you know, Christianity has kind of become in some ways, but that's sort of the way that it's painted. And and he uh, he had a really great response to that. He said, the way that we're called to be like Christ is not to not to allow ourselves to be killed, not physically in body, but to give our give of ourselves, sacrifice ourselves in speaking truth. That's how we're called to be like Christ: is to speak up yeah. and to use the word weapons, like we said. And you will be quote unquote crucified for that. That's pretty that's, cool. That, I, can, I can get behind that. That's fucking cool. That's fucking dope. Yep. It's great. Yeah. It blew me away. Like I was sitting there like, I'm going to need a, I'm, I actually literally said like, I'm going to need a minute with that. Like that was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what's going on is like, is, is we're way behind in this, in this arms race, this, this uh, verbal arms race, rhetorical weapons, arms race, trying to catch up on like deconstructing. Where did toxic masculinity come from? That came out of nowhere. Yep. And then it was everywhere. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And so we're way behind in that arms race, but the only response is really to speak truth because you know, we don't have available to us the idea of going, you know, find the, uh, the founding fathers approach. Like, I don't yeah. know that that would. I don't, yeah, know, I'm not saying we need to go. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, you know, that's, yeah. but that's what do we have available? We have our words, right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's, yeah. that's a masculine thing is to stand up and, and engage in the battle for men with your words. Right. And so we come all the way back around to everything we've been talking about. Well, because the words are, the words represent something. They represent individuals, they represent businesses, they represent movements, they represent ideas. Uh, they represent souls. They represent character. They represent reputations. So yeah, the words convey carry a lot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. On on that note, I wanted to mention too, though, um, or at least train of thought here. So I want to say that there's there's two at least two elements of how this stuff works with feminism influencing culture. And you mentioned Occupy Wall Street. I like that a lot because a book mm-hmm. I was showing you, The Coming of Neo Feudal Feudalism, a warning to the global middle class, talks about this specifically, and it was pretty cool. And I saw a video about this too, actually. So some of what happens with feminism, I think, is organic. It's femininity run amok. It's the worst elements mm-hmm. of femininity that are not being checked. And mm-hmm. men have masculinity has some dark elements too, like rape. And we have sure. laws that stop that, and that's good. Femininity has dark elements too. Feminism is huge, uh, like this giant soup of that shit. But even more specifically, you could say things like paternity fraud very dark mm-hmm. elements of femininity that are not checked really in culture and in, in law 
and they should be. It should be criminal. Mm-hmm. You should go to jail for it, right? Trying to trying mm-hmm. to literally cuck somebody and lie to them on yeah. purpose. You should go to jail. It's like it's like rape, basically. It's the female yeah. version of rape. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to say though is that some of feminism is organic, and so, like it's just shit running out of control. Even China now is, for example, they're doing a lot mm-hmm. to combat basically feminism influence in their culture because they see it as dangerous. They had mm-hmm. programs to make men, little boys more masculine because they're worried about uh, for the, the military and stuff there. And they're probably, that's why people say feminism is a child of communism. I'm like, I get that. And I think that's true, but it's also become its own beast. It's its mm-hmm. own thing that's turning like, even on communist countries. And yeah. a couple of days ago, they fired like all these effeminate uh, for the state-run media in China or whatever. They fired all these effeminate beta males from it. They fired them. Mm-hmm. It was this big mm-hmm. thing on Twitter and the news and shit. Because they see feminism in demasculating, cucking these fucking men, and it's dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. The Muslims see it in America. They're not stupid. They watch. They know. Yeah. What I'm saying though, is that some of it's organic, some of it's artificial. Now, what I what I mean is, for example, Occupy Wall Street. They're you know the banks. These are run by these sociopaths. These banks, right? These are fucking losers. Yeah, and they're for they're sure. mooshers off the government too. They use the government to get bailouts and all this crap. They're scumbags. Mm-hmm. They all, deserve, they all deserve to be rot in prison, all these fucking losers, right? Or worse. I agree. Now, if you notice, though, right after Occupy Wall Street was a big thing and all this heat was against these big banks and all this shit, right? All these, these traders, right? All yeah. of a sudden, if you look on Google and shit back then, you saw all these upticks for racism, racism, racism. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you got male privilege. Check your male privilege, bro. Check your white privilege. Check your masculinity, bro. So mm-hmm. some of this, especially the racial stuff, I think a lot of it is from basically Occupy Wall Street because they wanted to get, divert attention away from wh- where's Occupy people today, right? Right. They're they're not bitching at the banks. They're bitching at the patriarchy and Donald Trump and MAGA and mm-hmm. anything they get their hands on, right? So mm-hmm. it's a divide and conquer thing like many have talked about, but it's on purpose because racism is artificial, you know, the BLM stuff. It's all, it's a huge diversion tactic to get, to focus uh, all the attention away from Amazon, big, you know, big tech, big media, big banks, all this shit. They, those people, are the enemies. These are the elites. These are the oligarchs that actually run the fucking country. So they right. want to divert all the attention to like toxic masculinity is the real enemy of the people, and you know, white, the white supremacist patriarchy, white supremacism is the greatest threat to America. Right? That's what they say in the White House now. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. It's totally fucking delusional, but it works. And people, a lot of sheep, fucking lap that shit up. They're just dumb mm-hmm. than shit. I th- I think about white supremacy as like it's a way to portray it's it's a way to take godly divine order or natural law let's just call it natural law and and say that natural law is somehow tied to the greatest sin of humanity which is racism right like racism was made into like the one thing that you cannot be you can be a pedophile it's okay to be Jeffrey Epstein but was Jeffrey Epstein wasn't a racist yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, that's yeah. that in the hierarchy of values right so to take natural law and to call to to ascribe a racial charge to natural law that's what white supremacy is well it's a way to so demonize when, an entire race of people too or entire class yes, of people I mean that's it's absolutely. really bad shit dude like look at South it's Africa really, South Africa is an example of that too it's really it's really ugly it's really ugly and the shame that comes along with that mm-hmm. and it's understandable like you know to to you know I was saying earlier that you know how to how does a man find the strength to say no to a woman in his life just one knowing that she has the entire force of culture behind her so you're in your home mm-hmm. with your wife or your girlfriend and she has feminist ideology 
right? And maybe you're starting to wake up. Maybe you're starting to get a little bit red pilled. Maybe you've read the Rational Mail. Maybe you watched some 21 talks. Who knows? Maybe you've maybe you've read The Way of Men. You know, a thousand different things, and you're starting to feel yourself wake up a little bit. And then you wake up in the morning next to your girlfriend, who's heavily feminized. And you try to institute just a little bit of order in your house, just try to push back a little bit on the boundaries. Yep. And then how do you find as a man in that moment alone with, with your girlfriend or your wife or whatever to say no, knowing your, your girlfriend has what she feels to be the entire weight of culture behind her to just run you over. Yep. And that's the position that so many men, that so many men are in is like that they, yep. they don't have the strength to, and I, I almost don't blame them. Um, because I was in that, I was in that place too. And, you know, thank God I, I ended the relationship because I knew that there was no way that it was going to be fulfilling to me. Yeah. But there are so many men that are, you know, husbands, you know, fathers even who are in that place where it's like, how do I begin pushing back within the walls of my own home? Yeah. And that's, that's what's really starting to happen now is, you know, yep. husbands and wives begin dividing along the jab issue and stuff like that. And that's, yeah, that even happened start- with, with Trump back in the day, right? Divor- I'm divorcing my husband because he voted for Donald Trump. And you saw that shit in the news sometimes. Oh, for and sure. Some of that yeah. was, was played up uh, just for propaganda purposes, but I'm sure a lot of it was real too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that a lot of it came down to that, you know, just a couple years ago. And now with the jab, I have no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's sick, it's stupid, and it's unsustainable. You, you mm-hmm. can't, you literally cannot sustain a country and a civilization beyond a single nation mm-hmm. it, for a long period of time like this. It doesn't work. And mm-hmm. like, you know, whether it's patriarchy is inevitable, or you just have a huge economic currency crash and collapse, starvation, genocide, on who knows, right? No mm-hmm. one can predict the future with 100% accuracy, but like, it's going to break, it's going to break, and it's going to mm-hmm. be bad. And we'll mm-hmm. see if people wake up and let, fucking learn a lesson this time. Mm-hmm. Well, since you talk about patriarchy is inevitable, I want to make sure to set aside some time to talk about the conference coming up in October because all these things are tied to what you're doing. Maybe not, I mean, you didn't, obviously you couldn't have known when you set out, you know, 15 years ago yeah. with the first one that it would become this, uh, you know, you said it was a panorama event for uh, life on earth for men or something like yes. that, panorama event. But now, you know, what I tell men is what's going on at 21 is, is way more important because as you say, the manosphere, men are the only one, men are the only ones addressing these issues of masculinity and femininity. It ties into this encroaching medical bureaucratic state. It ties into feminism. It ties into everything that's going on. It ties into spirituality and religion. As we talked about families, like it's this, it's become this really important, really powerful thing that's grown so far beyond. Yeah you know, what it started out as. So I want to take some time to, to talk about the conference coming up in October and what's going on, who you've got coming. Well, allow me to begin by bragging and tooting my own horn that I, have, I have been a pioneer in the manosphere and I don't get credit for it. And I think that's pretty natural when you excel at pioneering at a really high degree, like, mm-hmm. like a Steve Jobs or someone like that, right? Uh, he believed that he never got the credit he deserved. He's probably right uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the revolutions that he did with the, for better or for worse, right? With iPhones and shit now. Our black screens, or black holes, mm-hmm. black mirrors. Um, yeah, exactly. But and he he was he was very clear that no matter how many billions you make as an entrepreneur, like you really never get, you never make like what you have really earned. You just don't. You can't get. You have to find value in what you do in other ways. You have to hmm. find like reward in other ways beyond money because you never. It's never going to be enough. And it's just the way things work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, my point is, uh, other than saying I don't get credit for the shit I do, but that just is kind of goes with the territory, it's that I've been a pioneer in the manosphere in several huge ways. Uh, with a long-running event, we've talked about that, with mm-hmm. starting I've the first and only young men's event 
for men in the manosphere, the under 21 convention. I've done that three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. The first, uh, you know, comprehensive event for all men that was not just pickup focus. That was a pioneering move. The first conference to be held uh, on multiple continents, right? America, mm-hmm. Europe, and Australia in the same year too, in 2012. These are these are pioneering moves for this community that people take for granted because you think they're it's mm. easy to put on a conference and it's not. It's really fucking right. hard. Whatever the target audience is and whatever the place is, whatever you're doing, it's going to be hard. And then we do it international multiple times per year. It's fucking difficult. Beyond that, though, I've been the pioneer, the first guy building a conference for fathers in the manosphere. Mm-hmm. It's secular. That's like that's like a thing. That may be the first time in American history that's happened. Typically, that just, a lot of hotels were shocked. They immediately said, oh, is it a religious thing? I said, no. Is this for fathers? All of them. And they're mm-hmm. like, really? <laughs> like they they really were surprised by this. Multiple hotels mm-hmm. in Orlando, big hotels. They have, you know, hundreds, thousands of conferences, you know, every couple of years you know, through the years, right? That they deal with. And they had never heard of this before. And I don't know awesome. if it ever existed because it's not a Christian thing and it's not a religious thing. There are mm-hmm. Christians uh well uh, at it speaking, and this is an issue. And other religions too in the audience and these things. Like it's I'm an atheist myself speaking at the events. So it's uh that's a pioneering thing too. And then we're also the first, you know, my company has built the first Manosphere event for women. Started mm-hmm. that last year. And that might be the most revolutionary thing of all that I've done so far. And certainly mm-hmm. the media thought so. When they attacked us in 2020, it went super viral. And 100 million people in the New York Times, New York Post, and all that stuff. That was huge. Because that, mm-hmm. as one blog identified, Secular Patriarchy, a super cool blog. Uh, obviously linked to what we're talking about in a lot of ways, even though I don't know the guy that really never talked to him. But an amazing blog that's been long running running in the Manosphere, very long. He's like a historian, I would say, at this point Mm -hmm. in the Manosphere. But he analyzed properly that Make Women Great Again was basically the first time in American history, recent American history, modern, you know, even past 50 years, where men stood up and were going to say no to women, no Mm -hmm. to feminism across a multitude of religions, religious speakers, non-religious. It's a secular event. 22 convention, Make Women Great Again, it's not a religious thing, right? It's for mm-hmm. all women, right? All of them. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Christian, Jew. I don't give a shit what you are. All of these women in America are out of control. And we're going to make women great again. And men are mm-hmm. going to do it. So it was It was a big, it was the biggest, I called it the biggest fuck you to feminism that's ever existed. Because mm-hmm. it is. It's a big, fat, fucking no. All of it. All of it's stupid, right? And we're the only people doing that. And I'm the mm-hmm. one guy who had the balls in the manosphere to fucking do that. And I got a lot of pushback, not just from the media, sure. not just from the feminists, not even just from the Rolo sphere, even from within my own speaker group, because the media, the marketing was so aggressive and so polarizing. <laughs> it right? was. People were like, holy fuck, Anthony, what have you done? I'm I like, loved it. And I'm like, exactly, me too. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, now that everybody, honestly, though, it was some real serious pushback and I had to fight and argue. And I'm like, no, we're going to stick to this and we're not going to cave not even a little bit, not even one mm-hmm. fucking inch am I going to change this marketing for the feminists or anybody bitching it. I don't give a fuck because it's true and it needs mm-hmm. to be said and it's going to be said and no one's going to stop me. So this is, again, I've pioneered a lot in the Manosphere and I'm really proud of that. And that's what you're seeing now at 21 Summit where it all ties together. We don't have the young men's event operating right now. It's really difficult to do events for young men because mm-hmm. they just don't have money and you know, yeah. to like, are they going to buy a flight and a hotel? and come for three or four days and buy a ticket. Like it's, that's really hard to do 19 years old, right? Yeah. But we have the men's event for men. We have the father's event for fathers, the patriarch event. We have the women's event for the women. 
Now that has mostly male speakers at, but even some females now too. I allow to talk to the women. Uh, the mansplaining thing, the mansplaining of end of the century, I believe in that. And there was a purpose to doing that, both for marketing and for, I would say, spirit or philosophy. But I also think that some women need to talk to women too. The Janice mm-hmm. Fiamengos, right? The Suzanne Venkers, the Jennifer Moleskis, right? Melissa mm-hmm. Isaac speaking there too. I would love to get Camille Pagula, pa- Pagula, Paglia as well. Paglia, yeah. Maybe, maybe even Christine Hoff Summers. I'm not sure on that one, but maybe. Because she considers herself still a feminist and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. we, we diverge pretty significantly, you know, after, uh, you know, second wave feminism. Or mm-hmm. she's, she's like basically a second wave feminist still, but yeah. I'd like to introduce you to uh, Alison Armstrong. She's been she's been talking to women about men for a very long time. Okay. And she's been very successful, but she's basically besides Elliot Hulse, no one's really heard of her. And I just I've, did a, I've I heard just of her did a, name. Yeah, yeah. So I just did a, a four hour podcast with her a couple of weeks ago. What is where, she? What's her brand? She does the the Honey Badger. Is that her? No, no. That's um that's Karen Strawn. I think. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. No. Alison Armstrong just goes under her name. Pax programs. The Queen's Code is her book. But okay. you know, she's a. I think. She, if I had to guess, she might, she might find the Make Women Great Again messaging a little bit off-brand for where she's at, but certainly the things that she talks about, you know, like it's not unusual that there are women trying to talk to women to rehabilitate them in their relationship of men. Yeah, Like the yeah. victimhood mentality, the resentment. She called um, resentment, in my podcast with her, she said resentment is like the salami of anger. Like it's, it's, it's cured and dried and it's solidified and hardened, you know, it's like a really good way of looking at it. And there are a lot of women that are really just, Lori, Lori Alexander, the transform wife. Amazing too. Like really, I interviewed her for two hours or more on my show about Mm -hmm. a month and a half ago. I love that woman. Amazing. And she's like, Mm -hmm. like you're saying with Allison, she's speaking to women and mentoring them, which is completely appropriate. Right. Yep. As much as women need mansplaining to be women and to be feminine, it's a resp- I view femininity as a very responsive and adaptive force to masculinity. They still mm-hmm. need women to mentor them to be women. Like that's Absolutely. really that's really fucking important, and that doesn't happen at all, like almost at all today. There's some mm-hmm. exceptions like we're talking about, but in, in modern in everyday culture, that is like all but evaporated. Right. Mm-hmm. That a that a white. I mean, look at home ec. That's gone from schools now. Right. Uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, and you never, do you, how many grandmothers do you think are teaching their only thought daughters or granddaughters, science, uh, that are, that literally, these girls are 19 years old selling pictures of the vagina for $5 in college. Do you really think their grandma's teaching them how to bake cookies and tend a garden? Of course not. Mm. It, it's, wow. our, everything's falling off the fucking rails. This is nuts, man. These girls yeah. are getting fucked on Tinder 30, 40 times a year. They are not being mentored to be mothers and wives by their mothers or grandmothers. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And that's for the right. first time probably in fucking human history that's happened. And everyone's so like, bad. oh, that's... Com-. And they scream at us. Oh, you want to set back co- culture 100 years, you patriarchal bigot. It's like, dude, we're all about to die. Like, get, mm-hmm. get back in the kitchen before we all starve to death. Mm-hmm. Handmaid's Tale, right? As soon as the second something happens, like, oh, let me let's just trot out the Handmaid's Tale, yeah, you know, imagery, you know, and the Harry Potter imagery, and it's just like, look at look at actual reality, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no one wants to, no one wants to go back to some, no one wants to create that for the first place, and if that's your projection of what men are, yeah. what's so funny is they're walking backwards into that exact same totalitarian mentality. That's right. It's like they're they're pushing this anti-totalitarian you know, sort of message and then standing right behind them is totalitarianism. Projection. Thanks very it, much. It's projection at an extreme level. Like yes. 
Like you're you're the uh, fascist. Meanwhile, yeah. they want to have marry government and big corporations. Like, yo, man, I have a big problem <laughs> with that. That's this is fascism. This That's is a textbook definition. This is a textbook definition of fascism. You yeah. call yourself anti-fascist and you think you're fighting the establishment. You are the establishment. You're right. you're driving this country into the ground. You're going to get a lot of people killed, and you're fucked mm. in the head, and you're stupid. So I think it's important that you have uh, that you have both men and women talk at twenty two convention because I think mm-hmm. women. It's one thing for a woman to hear a, a man. Now we're talking contemporaneously, a man to say men are this way or, or learn all these things, but to actually see a woman up on stage, being, I, I think they need them to. They would need them to model wait, you can actually be happy and you can be feminine and you're not some walking around some robot to some yeah. man who's telling you what to do because they have that fear. The yeah, fear yeah, is not yeah. legitimate, but they have that fear. Yeah. So when someone like Janice Fiamengo gets up there yep. and starts and starts talking, you know, or or any of the other speakers or Jennifer Molesky or whatever, it hits very different yep. coming from them because they have because it's like, no, no, like all your fears are illusions. Like just come across the come across the gap with yep. me. And that's really important to have that. But it's also important to have men saying, no, this is who we are. That's going to be what my talk is about. Yeah. You know, is, is you know, here, let me, let me see if I can attempt to tell you what, what it is that's going on in the other room over there because you don't get to go in, you know, it's right. that kind of that's right. approach. But women need to hear that from men. They need to hear that from women. But you're right. No one else is doing, no one even thinks to do anything like that. What a, yeah. what a, what a you know, it takes a lot of courage to do something like that. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I want to say too that I view it as an all, all hands on deck scenario. Like that's Agreed. the war that we're in. That's yep. why I think that's why Christians like tend to ally with me a lot lately. Like, mm-hmm. tip, I think along for I think a lot of history, I'd be I'm a, I'm considered like a heretic and stuff, right? Because I'm an atheist, like whatever. Like, well my, well, my aunt figured out that I was an atheist. Man, she she's a hardcore Catholic. Her sister's a nun. Mm-hmm. I mean, the look, I'll never forget the look on her face. She like reviled. This was probably like <laughs> 2011. It was at my grandma's funeral. And I'm just very casual, like, yeah, I'm an atheist, blah, 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 you know, whatever, Ayn Rand. And she's just like, <laughs> uh, sure. but these days I have pastors speaking at my conference. I get along yeah. really well with Christians. Some of my closest friends are Christians. Like, because uh, this is, this is mutual too. This is both ways. Like mm-hmm. we're all going on the gulag together because we're all <laughs> on the same side of this culture war. And right. I'm very much in favor of religious freedom and patriotism and family and common sense stuff like masculine, common sense, masculinity, common sense, femininity. You can go ahead and call it biblical femininity and masculinity. I don't care. Sure. Like there's a, there's a lot of really dark shit going on in the world and we need to find allies and make alliances everywhere that we can that makes legitimate sense. Michael mm-hmm. Foster again calls it uh, co-belligerence. Perfect. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh yeah, it's all hands on deck though. Yeah. So women well, need I mean, women need it all fronts. They need it from they need they need it a secular argument if they're Christian and they need the secular and the religious argument. They need it from men. They need it from fathers. They need it from women. They need it from mothers. They need it from grandmas. Everybody, because mm-hmm. this whole ship is the fucking Titanic going down. Get in the fucking yeah. lifeboat and get the fuck out of here because this shit's going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. right? if there's not a way to save it. For sure. Well, I mean, just a couple points on that. Like the first thing is, you're not in, most atheists. I, atheists I observed this years ago. It's not like they philosophically consider the nature of the universe and decide. You know what? I don't think there is a god. It's really just you know a convenient way for people to be anti-Christian because yeah. they don't go argue. If you're a real atheist, why don't you go to the Kumela festival with 150 million Hindus and you go tell them you're all wrong. There is no god or gods, and you're all <laughs> stupid. They never do that. 
Yeah. Like, you know, Sam Harris, please, by all means, go tell them that they're wrong. But they never do. They, they get angry at Christians like Christopher Hitchens, who he's a funny guy, but, you know, obviously. But, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're a philosophical atheist in that you've considered, you found a philosophy that works for you, and you're not on the warpath against Christianity. No, so naturally, you're, you're exactly. So it's a very yeah. different kind of atheism, your objectivism, technically. Yeah, that's right. I, I just say atheist because people don't know what the fuck objectivism is. They're like, what? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's it's a shorthand just to at least say I'm, I'm not religious. I don't believe in your God. I like mm-hmm. that, you believe in your God, cool. I don't really care. Just leave me alone. We'll probably get along mm-hmm. fine. Maybe we should be yeah. buddies and fight the culture war together. You know exactly. Well, because it is that all hands on deck situation, like you said. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. A lot of objectivists, the good ones anyway, like which is it's there's a division even in objectivism, which is like oh god, it's uh, it's it's <laughs> it's, just, it's just as fucked as every other community, man. Like politics wow. and Republicans, and it's it's a big division, right? Yeah, because a lot of them, it, they swing hard left or hard right. Ayn Rand was a hard right, so to speak, woman. She was like founding fathers are the heroes of civilization. She mm-hmm. loved the founding fathers with a deep, deep passion. More than anyone else in history, with the possible exception of Aristotle. That's it. Mm-hmm. Founding fathers, all of them, right? Loved them. And uh, these, but a lot of objectivists today, we call them a leftivist because they're like <laughs> fucking socialists, which mm-hmm. is fucking crazy. Ayn Rand had a, her political beliefs were essentially live free or die, absolute individual rights, automatic weapons, absolute free speech, all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And these fucking people are like basically like some of them supported Biden. It's crazy. Like Leonard Peikoff, her, her intellectual and legal heir who controls mm-hmm. her entire estate. He heard he heard the former president of the Ayn Rand Institute say this like a year ago during the election. He said he, he, you're one of our old speakers, you're on Brooke. He said, if you vote for Trump, you're crazy. If you're an objectivist, Leonard Peikoff what? came down like the hand of God. He was like, absolutely stupid vote for Trump. Wow. Like he couldn't believe Yaron said this. Wow. And they, these are big, these uh, Yaron Brook is a huge popular objectivist, man. He, mm-hmm. he I was know the, that name. He was the president of the Ayn Rand Institute for like 15 years. He spoke at our conference twice. I couldn't believe it. And wow. you no, know, 10 years ago, they wouldn't have said that, but the culture war has polarized it like everything else, even objectivism, which is like, it, if you, if you if understand the philosophy, it's, it's really fucking ridiculous, right? It's like, it, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like the equivalent of like, an leftivist is the equivalent of like a feminist Mormon or a feminist, like Muslim. Like it, it's just fucking <laughs> delusional. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you clearly have no respect for the founding documents and actual practice. You know, Michael Foster talks about that again. You have honest right. feminists who say Christianity is completely patriarchal and incompatible with feminism. Mm-hmm. And then you have, cause they're hardcore feminists, right? They're like, Hey, they're honest anyway. Then you have these yeah. Christian feminists that are a bunch of fucking losers and liars. They're manipulators mm-hmm. and they're, they really are the real enemy. Right? At least, at least the, the ones in the open you can fight with and have some honest debates with. These Christian feminists, yeah, they're, they're fucking delusional. Your religion, as mm-hmm. I understand it, is completely patriarchal. All of it, 100%. Yes. Not 99, mm-hmm. not 50, 100%. Mm-hmm. From the God to the, the Father all the way down to right fucking now. So yeah, it's, it's just fucking nuts. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's that's totally fine. Well, we were talking about talking about atheism, and Mm, I have a uh, my buddy Devin is also uh, he's Muslim, and uh, he talks about he calls it the the Christlamic solar fate. You know, sort of like a like a caliphate. You know, the Christlamic solar fate, like the Christian Islamic solar sphere. You know what I mean? And so he talks about that. So you know, I think that there is a real 
there is, and, and I say, you know, men who are spiritually facing. Yeah. Like if you're spiritually facing at all, and I think objectivism, it's not spiritual in the technical sense, but you have a you have a you have a higher philosophy that yes. you that you that you ascribe your values to, and I would say that's spiritual in its own way. Let's say, but men yeah. who are spiritually facing, I mean, without it being actual spiritual, spiritual, right? I mean, in objectivism, are, you have objectivist philosophy. Uh, it's now, not everything Ayn Rand said is objectivism. People don't understand that. She's the founder of objectivism, mm-hmm. the creator. But she was, it is in my knowledge, to my knowledge, having a soul is completely consistent with objectivism. Mm, like okay. whatever, whatever that your consciousness and that soul ends up being, uh, that whatever it is, is whatever it is. So, it, okay. so in that sense, it is spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. okay. and, and very, you know, very, it's, it's a real thing. It's very important. Her, her thing with God is basically in metaphysics. Uh, in epistemology, and, and basically, it's a rejection of faith. Subjectivism is like multi, mm. multi atheists, like you're saying, they have no idea what the fuck they believe. They're a bunch of assholes, a bunch of liberals <laughs> and losers, and a bunch of frauds. Like, yes, I, I yes, hate Sam Harris is douchebag. I hate Sam Harris <laughs> yes. for sure. A lot of these, uh, I hate those people, <clears throat> and I hate. It sucks that I get associated with them too because I'm an atheist. Like, I'm like, oh god, fuck, fuck this loser. I guess people here, about- people here, atheists, and they think Sam Harris or whoever. And I'm like, no. I, I don't no. like these people. They're losers. I don't associate with them at all. Atheism is not a religion. We don't believe the same shit. But right. anyway, objectivism is a rejection of faith itself as a tool of acquiring knowledge. Got it. That's why it, God might exist. Okay. This is consistent with objectivism. If God exists, God exists. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's whatever. But no one can prove that. And, and I don't believe there's any evidence that any human beings ever had that can prove the existence of God. Nor you, is there, you, you literally cannot. Yeah, and that's why you have faith. You have to have faith yes. in Christianity and other religions and your God. Mm. So that's it's mm. a it's a very technical uh, issue, and that's why I've also I've when I was younger I was a little, a little more combative, not not like Sam Harris and shit, a little more combative with religion and stuff back in about 2010, 2011. But mm. I've I've massively changed my stance on that, and I was wrong. And I need to argue this more with objectivists and stuff just to rile them up, right? But and have some fun. <laughs> But for real, Congruence. what I've realized, people like, you know, Hitchens and those kind of people, they would say, you know, a lot of those atheists, they'd say religion is irrational. Christianity is irrational, whatever. I don't believe that at all. Me you, neither. Because the way you acquire knowledge and your theory of knowledge for Christianity, faith is completely legitimate form to acquire knowledge. You believe by, the Bible is the word of God. And mm-hmm. if you believe that, you have to act on that as knowledge. That's rationality. Acting on the total sum, in my view, rationality is acting on the total sum of your knowledge to the best of your ability. And if you believe the Bible is literal knowledge that you need to follow to be consistent to your f- beliefs, you need to fucking do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you believe, this is why I get along with you guys, the hardcore. I don't like these soft pussy Christians, these feminist mm-hmm. Christians and these fucking beta males, these pastors that pander to women and these single moms. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. And a lot of the hardcore Christians do as well for different reasons because it's inconsistent with your actual belief system. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, they don't fucking practice what they preach. They're just frauds. That's right. why I don't like them. I, I like hardcore Christians. Not We agree on some things and disagree on others. That's fine. That's really cool to have these debates and stuff. But like Michael Foster and stuff, like this motherfucker is a savage. He really, he really like, is. Tanner, Tanner is the same way. I love, yes. I have guys, <clears throat> I have people know me that are, uh, one of the guys I work with is a former Mormon. And he's not like an anti-Mormon. Like he still has mm-hmm. a lot of respect for Mormons and stuff, but he's no longer a Mormon. He was raised, or I don't know however it was exactly, but he was surprised though that like I'm an atheist and me and Jack Donovan both hang out with Tanner a lot. I'm like, I like mm-hmm. Tanner a lot. I think he likes me. Right? Yeah, we get along really well. 
Pretty sure. And uh, yeah, because he gets that I'm like really intensely into my belief system. Mm-hmm. And he is as well. And so is Michael Foster and on down the line. And that's why I like these guys. But out in culture, you don't see a lot of that. It's like these people, uh, you know, it was insulting when Obama called Christians Easter worshipers back in 2016, Ugh. I think. Terrible. But I'm like, look, now that's an insult and that's stupid. But I'm like, also, I'm like, that actually describes a lot of Christians because they just go to Easter. They go to church on Easter and on Christmas. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like they worship, they worship fucking Easter instead of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like you're, this, is, this is just a holiday. I mean, I know there's a lot of significance to it, but if you're going to church once, twice a year, are you really a Christian? That, that doesn't seem compatible with like any denomination of Christianity almost. Like these people right. are just like, like Socrates and I were talking about it the other day. And it's like, man, if you believe in a supreme being with unlimited power that created not only you and everyone you know, but the entire planet and the entire fucking universe, you need to live in a way that respects that. And that mm-hmm. means being very, very devoted to the maximum degree of your ability to those beliefs. Whatever your mm-hmm. denomination, Mormon, Orthodox, whatever, man, Catholic, like live that shit. That to me is also part of being a man. And I think that's mm-hmm. also, again, why even Jack Donovan gets along with Tanner. You know, Jack's gay or bi or whatever. I mean, me and him were joking out in Utah. I was like, man, we're both going to hell and we're like cracking up. <laughs> in, in the in the Mormon faith, right? We're definitely like mm-hmm. both going to burn for different course. reasons. I'm an atheist, he's gay. And I'm like, yeah, but but we don't believe that though. So it doesn't matter to us. We can get, we went for a hike with Tanner and got along more than just fine, you know? Good conversation mm-hmm. and rant. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it's great because this is what it means to be, this is what it means to be spiritually facing, to have values, mm-hmm. right? And that, and that your values transcend your, uh, say, ideology, your politics, they guide how you live your life. Yes. And those values come from, Come from some higher, come from some higher place, whether it be a philosophy or a Bible or a God or something like that. Yeah. You're looking up, not strictly horizontally. You're looking up to some higher guidance for how to live, and you follow that higher guidance for how to live, no matter what, because yeah. something precious in you is at stake for and living a, that way. And objectivism, what you worship, basically, loosely speaking, is reality, reality mm-hmm. itself. And people try to confuse that as material reality. They call us like materialists. Ayn Rand hated materialism. She made she mm-hmm. explicitly attacked these people. No, she viewed existence as all of existence, everything that exists. If a god exists, okay, that's part of existence. Then, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. Ideas are part of existence. Souls are part of existence. Uh, values are part of existence. Right? Mm-hmm. I might not be able to grab mm-hmm. it, but it's it's we call it in objectivism. You call it a relational a relational entity. An idea doesn't not exist. Of course, it exists. It's in your head. It's represented maybe by neural connections and a little bit of electricity. You can write it down on paper, whatever the fuck. Whether you mm-hmm. write it down or not doesn't determine its existence. It still exists mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm. It just exists as a specific form, right? Energy, physical matter, whatever the fuck. Well, the, so, the materialist would say like, well, love doesn't really exist because you can't touch it, right? You can't stu- measure that's it. That's so stupid. Yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> that's so dumb. Epic stupid, right? Yeah. And yeah, Iran hated well, all that shit. Yeah, she hated it. People need to study her, man, a lot more. Because she gets, like Christians today, she gets maligned for all this dumb bullshit. So, yeah, these things she didn't say and all these false beliefs, like she's a materialist. Sam, Sam Harris hates Ayn Rand. Uh, mm. so that's one of the reasons I hate him. He's just like, he's someone who doesn't understand her even a little bit. Jordan Peterson, by the way, is another one, man. There's a video you can go watch on YouTube. Dave Rubin has Jordan Peterson in studio. Looks like about 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I met Ruben around this time, and Peterson. Uh, Ruben had a big interest in objectivism. He had Ron Brook on the show a couple of times, one of our speakers, mm-hmm. uh, president of the Institute. They talked about wow. objectivism. So like a few weeks or months later, he had Jordan Peterson in the studio. 
And he asked Jordan Peterson about Ayn Rand, like one of the most famous modern philosophers to, to have lived in America, right? And from Russia. Mm. And he asked, her, he asked Jordan Peterson about objectivism, like what he thought about Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism. And Peterson fucks it so bad. Like, I forget exactly what he said, but it's really, you could see Ruben kind of getting like, what? Like, he mm. asked him some pretty specific questions, like what his thoughts were on it, selfishness, this and that. And you could tell Peterson had no idea what to say. He bullshitted mm. his way through it. And I was very mm. disappointed. He wasn't aggressively against it, like hit, like uh, Sam Harris. Just, just basically, uh, you know, propaganda bullshit. But mm. Peterson kind of pretended to understand it. And it was like, it's really cringe. It's the most, some of the most cringe shit I've ever seen from Peterson. That's like wow. when I saw someone ask him if he was a Christian and he's like, well, what do you mean by Christian? And the guy's mm-hmm. like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He's like, has to spell it out like line, like mm-hmm. letter by letter. So that kind of annoyed me too, though, with, uh, with Peterson with that. But overall, I still like him, I'd say. Yeah, I think he really struggles with this position with religion overall that he's been sort of, he's moving in a more uh, religious direction. Certainly some of his interviews lately, like Mm -hmm. he's been crying on camera, you know, which has been really moving to see in his recognizing, you know, that, that there's been some, some events in his life, just to, I guess I'll loosely paraphrase, I guess, that he wasn't able to explain with conventional means. And so he's moving in a religious direction, but mm. I think he comes from a world where to acknowledge any sort of, uh, any sort of faith and, and Jesus Christ specifically is a career ending kind of move for him. And so he's kind of struggling with oh, that. Wow. Like you'll be drummed, you'll be drummed out of academia if you profess a Christian faith. Like that's the fastest way that's, out. Yeah, right? that's crazy. That's, that's fucking retarded. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to be sensitive to your time as I know that you've got presidential duties to attend to, but, um, you know, just give you the chance to say, you know, anything else about the 21 convention, 21 summit, 22 patriarchs, because I do believe it's very important that men, you know, consider coming or come to these events, you know, this year it's essential. Yeah. Yeah. Your, I mean, your your newsletter you put out like yesterday or the day before, like nailed a lot of it. I really liked it. Uh, I love, I love what I do, man. It's like super powerful. It's my life's work. Um, that's why I defend it so vigorously when people attack it and I attack them and all that. It's one of the reasons anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's the longest running Manosphere event in, in the world. I view the Manosphere, and I'm kind of biased, but I view the Manosphere as like the most important emerging movement in the world right now, particularly in America, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only community addressing in an important and a big way very, very fundamental issues that I think are at the heart and center of why so much of culture across so many spectrums right, is falling apart to shit. Right. It's mm-hmm. not just politics. It's not just the movies. It's not just TV. It's not just woke culture. It's not just BLM. It's not just Antifa. It's not just fem. It's all that shit. And mm-hmm. the manosphere is the only thing really pushing back. The manosphere is the real counterculture, not conservatism mm-hmm. and all this crap. No. I've been to a lot of political events this year, CPAC, both in Orlando and in Texas. I went to the Turning Point USA event in Tampa, their SAS event for students. Turning Point, big event. Thousands mm-hmm. of people at all these events. I went to the uh, the Libertarian event, uh, Revolution 2021, they kicked me out of it. These fucking feminist losers pissed me off. Mm. Anyway, politics is not where it's at. It's culture we need to focus on. And the Manosphere is doing that. And 21 Convention is at the heart of the Manosphere. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the watering hole. That's what I, I think I wanted to say this to you earlier. I didn't get the chance to say it. I kind of lost train of thought. But it's the watering hole of the Manosphere. And it, that's why it's also a competing power structure to the guys like in the Rollosphere. That's why they want to hurt it. But when mm. I say watering hole, I mean a lot of really positive things happen at it on a personal basis for the attendees who come. They get to meet other attendees and build friendships and relationships. They get to learn from the speakers on the stage officially. 
off the mm-hmm. stage in the hallways. You know, you can go have like, like I guarantee you, if you see Jack Donovan at 21 convention and it's early in the morning and he's just walking around, you can go buy him coffee and you can have mm-hmm. a conversation with that guy or Coach Greg Adams or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And that will usually cost you a lot of money. Or Elliot Hulse. Elliot Hulse, dude, is has a lot. Elliot Hulse is like a multimillionaire, man. This guy has a lot of shit on his plate. He has millions of fans. Mm-hmm. To, tr- to have time with him is really valuable. The guy has a lot of experience yep. in life. You can go buy him dinner or fucking coffee. He'll fucking sit with you for free. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't make them do that. I don't even ask them to do that. They just do that. These speakers, you'll mm-hmm. be there. You'll talk yep. with guys and your time is valuable. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a thousand different reasons to go. Um, personally, like I love it. It's my life's work. I've gotten really good at it. I still have a long way to go. I'm sure in 10 years, I'll be even better at it at the 25-year anniversary. But mm-hmm. it's a 15-year anniversary and it's going to be fucking dope. Three events at the same time. One for women, one for fathers, one for men. 21 Summit. It's going to be fucking dope. And Mr. Will Spencer will be hosting the 21 Report. I'm very excited. I'm so excited about that. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, man. You're easily, Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. You're easily one of the best interviewers. My video guys, the guy who suggested it, I was like, damn, that's like really smart. Let's do that. <laughs> we got Tony Bruno's and help you with it too. But uh, I think you, Tony is actually very excited about you doing it too. He's going to do some of them, but I think you'll be able to do most of them. It's going to be fucking dope. So I'm thrilled. I'm really thrilled. The chance to, you know, these are men who have made a huge, and you personally have made a huge difference in, in my life. And I've said this in Thanks, another, man. I said this in my email, like I really would not be here without, um, without, without you and what you've done with 21, because, you know, I, I saw the Rich Cooper talk, the Be Better talk, but then I just dove into the 21 material yeah. and Sean Smith and Doug McGuff and, you know, Jack Donovan and all the different talks that you had put up. And, and I think you said it was in the Chest Magazine interview, which I'll, uh, or the piece that I'll link in the show notes, that you, you had the vision of doing like the TED of the Manosphere. Yeah. Like it would have been a brilliant idea, this idea like, no, I'm not going to sell this stuff. I'm going to give it away and be, I mean, what an yeah. incredible forward thinking approach to it that I, I, another thing that I don't think you get enough credit for. Yeah, exactly. Big, thank you. Big point. I appreciate that. No one else does that. People try to copy it and they don't, they still fuck it up. But yeah, uh, yeah. I want to say too that, you know, uh, people talk about changing the world and they can't even change a tire half the time, mm-hmm. right? All this kind of funny stuff. Uh, I do want to change the world, but that's not how I think about it, Right. And in the bios for 21 Convention on Instagram and on Twitter for years, I've had it on purpose. It says, let's save the West. I want to mm-hmm. save Western civilization and, and, and usher it into, help usher it with the men like you into a golden age, into a mm-hmm. much better age where we have like the best of what we've had in the past, and, but a much even more positive path forward, right? Where feminism is dead mm-hmm. and abolished and all this stuff, right? I want the masculinity of the founding fathers and the abolishment of feminism with technology. Like, let's have that kind of world, right? That is mm-hmm. where rationality and reason are prioritized and very valuable, where we live in a truth age, not a post-truth age, right? Where facts mm-hmm. really do matter over feelings. Uh, what I want to say is, though, I don't think about changing the world so much as I think about saving the West, and I think about changing the course of American history. And I think mm-hmm. that the manosphere is the, the, the central key component to doing that, which is why I fight like a fucking beaver to defend it and to push it forward and to build my events, which are the beating heart of the beating heart of the beating heart. So it's all comes down to the physical events because physical stuff's risky, man. And it's hard. And mm-hmm. I'm the one guy who's really fucking doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down and doing that for 15 years. And I love it. And guys got to come out to it, man. It's a big thing, especially in the time of social distancing and all these face diapers and the, the COVID zombie shots and all this bullshit. No, we're going to mm-hmm. meet up in person. And we're not going to make out, but we're going to get really close, like face to face, like shake hands, 
we're going to mm-hmm. get germs on each other and cough and whatever, right? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. It's a real event, man. And there's never a better time to do that than when the world, the powers of the world and the elites and all these fucking celebrity weirdos tell you not to do that. Yeah, fuck all that bullshit. We live in Florida and Orlando and it's a free country still down here. And that's what yep. we're going to do. We're going to walk that talk. And it's a really well-produced event as well. Like it's not just something thrown casually together, yeah. like the production values that you put into it. You really go above and beyond, Thanks. you know, to do something that's like a really professional level convention. I'm, when I'm maniacal, man. Like I love Steve Jobs, man, how maniacal he was. I don't care how much of an asshole he was. Like absolutely the best shit I can do is what I'm going to do before I die. The best work. Thanks. It's fantastic. Well, where can men go to learn more about you and 21 Convention? They can go to 21studios.com. We're launching our new brand new website there on Tuesday. And they can go mm-hmm. get tickets at, at that website, 21studios.com or the 21convention.org.org, not .com. Mm-hmm. And they got about 41 days left to get tickets. It's bring a friend free. And the ticket price goes up every few weeks. The currently, the ticket price will go up on September 14th so they can save uh, the most they can until then. And the price mm-hmm. will go up. And as the event gets closer, the price goes up. But bring your friend okay. free and contact speakers like Will for a discount. That's right. And then where can they go to uh, to find more of your scorching social media content? They can follow me on, on most platforms at Beach Muscles. So Twitter is at Beach Muscles. Instagram is Beach Muscles 65. Facebook, I think, is Beach Muscles or Beach Muscles 65. Pretty much just Beach Muscles, like going to the beach. And mm-hmm. they'll find my personal accounts. And uh, YouTube, it's just 21 Studios. They'll find it. Cool. I'll link that all in the show notes. Well, thanks so much, Anthony. This has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and, and cover all the ground that we did. Thanks, man. It was a ton of fun. It's fucking dope. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.